one. What you're witnessing right here is the genesis of the newly formed Dynasty and Wrestling Podcast, the last beacon of hope for the wretched refuse out there in podcast land. Let me encourage you all, you pathetic souls. Download it. Stream it. Leave a comment. Let us enrich your pathetic lives by having a brush with greatness. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, welcome to episode 31 of Getting Some Color. A big, hefty show today. Um, We have some news to talk about. We have WCW Saturday night, um, April 3rd. 1993 and WWF WrestleMania 9 Jesus powers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we're going to get into that, but uh, I know Zach has some news to talk about. I know what he's going to go into, uh which I do want to talk about, but Zach take it away with the news. Okay, so I guess the most recent thing is uh WWE is shuffling commentators around for Raw. Mm-hmm. They just hired this dude named Adnan Verk, and I think he just lasted like a month or something, and then they just amicably parted ways, supposedly. Um, and then people were starting to think, oh, it looks like Tom Phillips is getting his spot back. Nope. Mm. Uh, he got released. And then they just announced this Jimmy Smith, some guy who used to commentate for UFC or whatever, is going to come in. So... <laughs> I guess what is what is with wrestling uh, WWF on um, my bad E trying to be like MMA what, what and, and it seems like they try to do that with the underground thing with chain which that's a dead gimmick by the way I believe now I don't think they do that anymore <laughs> um, and and then now they're just like we need UFC announcers like come, we need wrestling announcers you need a a person, either whether he's going to be a play-by-play heel, and then a color commentator, or have the color commentator be a fucking heel announcer, and have wrestling commentators, not real fighting. Stop it. Well, see, I don't think they're trying to be like U- MMA or UFC at all because nothing in their product even resembles that, except Brock Lesnar and their titles, <laughs> like. The- if you look at UFC titles, they all look the same. Just like WWF. Uh, damn, I keep on saying that because we watch like good wrestling uh, when it was when it was WWF. But uh, WWE's belts are garbage. There's some that are like unique, which we like because it's different uh, and it looks cool. Um, but but it's just like stop it. Like I, we say this every time, but what is Vince thinking? Like. He he parades himself with a, a lot of yes men, um, like what's his fucking face, Bruce Pritchard and shit. Which yeah. he, remember? Oh, we need to get rid of Bruce Pritchard. He gets rid of him, and the the product actually gets a little bit better uh, without him. I won't say like drastically, but there's a part where just like oh, it's you know his yes man's not there, so things must be happening, and then all of a sudden. Vince is like, no, I need my yes man back, and then we have garbage again, and it's like uh, a, it's a vicious circle. It, they weren't doing all that great without him, though, either. I think, <laughs> especially yeah. like right before they brought him back, stuff wasn't that good anyway. Yeah, 
But uh, I I don't know. I I didn't listen to this guy because I don't watch uh, yeah. WWF product. Oh, fuck! I did it again. WWE product. Uh, That's okay. I've heard <laughs> I heard SmackDown's good um, because they have the Pat McAfee as like the color commentator now, and he's being heelish. Uh, and they have Michael Cole, obviously, who is a vet as a commentator. Uh, and then I heard there's actually good feuds going on. I can't wait until we have uh, fans in the stands, which I believe they are starting to do uh, touring again soon. July. Uh, July. So maybe SmackDown is going to be the savior for WWE. Maybe once they have people in the stands, maybe we'll get to gauge what is good instead of having them piped in like, cheers and fucking booze and stuff yeah i think at first there's gonna be like a honeymoon period where everybody's just so happy to go back to doing something normal again Uh Uh, and it's like oh my god live wrestling that'll last for both companies i think probably for a couple weeks or so maybe even a month Mm -hmm. but that's gonna wear off and then we're really gonna see where we're at Uh, because i'm real curious too how people are going to react to things in aew uh because I think I don't know. There's been good things that have been happening in AEW. There's been bad. There's been people doing stuff that people used to cheer for all the time. Now they're doing stupid shit, and I'm kind of wondering how people are going to react to it. And I wonder if they're going to bring back Broken Matt Hardy because the fans are back. Because remember, he came in when there was nobody there. Like he mm-hmm. sh- he showed up in an empty arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they they might lead to something like that, where you know he gets broken somehow whether he go through a fucking table or something or something drastic and then he's yes and then like the crowd the crowd goes delete delete like i i i don't i i i hope the train is not gone i hope we get to experience that even though we kind of did when he was in wrestlemania the 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 one where the hardy boys came back and everybody was doing delete that was cool uh, but then there was Vince being like, well, what is this? It's the Hardy Boys. Yeah, extreme. Yeah. Like, that's what Vince thinks. You're like, yeah, it's the Hardy Boys. Who cares? No, I mean, they had their Hardy Boys run, and then he let Matt do his broken thing. And- eh, with with some provisions from Vince and gang. Yeah. To the point where Michael Cole is going, what is it? This is weird. <laughs> what is all it? I can say was this is weird, guys. This is weird. I'm mm. like, yeah, I know it's weird. It's weird. It's supposed to be weird. But, yeah. Um, the only other news thing that happened, I thought this was incredibly interesting, was um, I guess for some reason, Jr. was on his Twitter and he gave his opinion on like what he thought the best wrestler in the world was right now, who it was, and he said it was Randy Orton, and he gave his reasoning why. Which was pretty sound reasoning, I thought. Mm-hmm. It's because everything he does, even if it's like really fucking stupid somehow, he can still kind of somehow get away with it and come out and not look being damaged or something. He does his best in everything he tries to do. Yeah, I mean, he had that feud with the the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Even though the stu- it's so stupid with Alexa Bliss, he still comes out of it pretty fucking cool about and it. Now, yeah, now he's in like a weird program deal with matt riddle where it's like these two guys are like really mismatched and they're tag teaming up bro and <laughs> broke bro rk bro or whatever the fuck they call themselves and it's yeah. kind of funny i've seen like a couple little bits of it uh 
where he's just like Matt Riddle's acting bro doing his stoner shit and he thinks he's being funny and Randall just looks at him like he's an insufferable fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, nobody but, n- nobody knew that our uh, rated RKO was going to be a thing, right? Um, because I think Edge was kind of being a little wacky at that time, right? Correct? If, well, no, Edge no? was being vicious, desperate heel Edge. Oh, okay. And then Orton was doing coming off of, I think that feud he had with the Undertaker, he was just coming off of that. Okay. Um, so they were both kind of like I think Edge just got beat by Cena, so like they were both kind of coming off of them not really having anything to do, and they put them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool though. But like, uh, this pissed a lot of people off apparently, and a bunch of people got in his shit and started telling him like, "No, Kenny Omega is the best wrestler ever." And they were fucking mad. And then JR had to, like, respond to this, I guess. He's like, listen, I don't know what to tell you. It's just what I think. <laughs> it's his opinion. And that's what I hate about uh, societies. Like, if, if you don't go with the masses on what they think, they 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 bully you to the point of, uh, you know, wanting to be with their team, with their wrestler. And I, I think Jericho came out and said that, Kenny Omega's good, but, like, he didn't, like, do what other people were doing. Like, Kenny Omega's great uh, before he came to AEW. In my opinion, before he became a VP and went to AEW, uh, you may have different opinions on that um, because of, you know, you never really watch a lot of New Japan like I did. No. Uh, but he, he had a lot of good feuds with some Japanese wrestlers like Okada and all that stuff. And, and I give him credit for that stuff. Uh, but to call him the best wrestler, no, I'm going to have to agree with JR because I I actually had to think about that for a, a minute. And like Randy Orton is the only one that pops out right now. That's like actually decent. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he said right now. Yeah. And, yeah, if you think about what everybody's doing right now, some people are doing good, some people are doing okay, some people are doing awful. hmm And my thing with Kenny Omega, for him to even be considered to be, like, one of the best is, my problem with, sure, maybe he did a bunch of awesome shit in Japan, but that's part of the problem. It was just shit in Japan, and only if you were into New Japan would you know that. It's not exactly mainstream wrestling. Mm-hmm. It is in Japan, but outside of Japan, it's not at all. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, and I think Roman Reigns could be good, too. Like, like, he's taking what he has right now and making it into a good thing. And I think he could take what The Rock, you know, did back in the past. Because remember, they put Rock through the, you know, uh, the nation. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually he was with the corporation and then he finally became heel. I think if he if Roman takes that route and then have The Rock come in as like a a dickish celebrity part of the tribe leadership kind of thing and says yeah. and says Roman you ain't shit I'm you know the the whatever I don't know I'm just b- bullshitting right here but like I'm the tribe leader I I have seniority over you and they do like a Rock is heel and Roman's a face. I think people could get behind that, but I, I think they still need to milk this. He needs to be heel for a while, and I think Roman could actually what they've wanted for a really long time to be a superstar. Yeah, I think the problem is they just kept make 
put pigeonholing him in a role that he just didn't fit. They're, they're trying to put a square into a round hole and it never worked. Mm-hmm. They just needed to put him in the square and let him be the square for a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, WWE is missing something. I think, I don't know what it is. I don't, they, they fired a bunch of writing team, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that a lot of, uh, People who work on the, the back end of like the content, they were fired. Now, is that Vince just firing people that are just like, you know, bringing up good stories and he's just like, this is terrible. I want people to fart. Give me more farting or something like that. I heard they released a lot of people who used to work on their internet uh, content too, though. Oh, which bro. I could see that a lot of those people are probably people that helped put together shit for the WWE network and now they don't need to work on their own WWE network. So. Mm-hmm. who cares <laughs> I don't know not as much anyway not to the same extent I will say I will add this real quick too to the whole JR thing even Ken, Kenny Omega even got salty about it and, and tried to talk shit to him which I thought was hilarious he's like like I'm gonna listen to the guy that called me the WWE champion because remember that time he slipped and he said he's he's the WWE champion when it's like Mm-hmm. It was an accident, dude. He said that. Think about how long he fucking said those words in his career. <laughs> We're going to make a prediction here live on Getting Some Color and on recording. Because okay. we're starting to see little cracks in the armor, right? We're seeing the VPs possibly hating each other. Um, mm-hmm. We see P, uh, their own staff kind of getting annoyed that JR is having an opinion. It probably hates all this hoagie bullshit, but because you know, Vince was a dick and fired him and all that stuff. Uh, you know, he's playing the other side. Uh, the, how, how long do you think AEW is going to last? Cause I want to say 2023 is when they're going to die. If they don't change things. I'd say they could last a couple more years. This whole deal with them where they moved off, TNT to have a more permanent spot on TBS and they're going to get more another hour of programming on TBS and they're also going to have specials on TNT kind of like the old Clash of the Champions format okay um, they're still liking them it seems like uh, a lot of people thought originally all oh, this is a bad move because they moved them to TBS no it was just like uh, they ended up getting hockey and not USA and they had to, you know, shift some stuff around a little bit. And it's not like nobody watches TBS. That's that's not true. <laughs> um, it could last. I I could see them going for a few more years. I think it'll be like a TNA thing. This could probably go for a while until it gets to a point where it's like. You think they're gonna be like how T- TNT TNA when they were? I want to say in the 2006 area where they had like Kurt Angle and all the. The big stars that were actually... It was actually pretty decent to watch TNA back in the day. Um, do you think it's going to have that stint where it's going to be like maybe a couple of years, it's going to be great, and then all of a sudden you're just going to have like a Bishop, uh, Eric Bishop and fucking Hogan uh, t- uh, destroying the company kind of thing? I don't know because it seems to me like it's weird. Like, Tony Khan's clearly in charge of what he wants to put on the show as more stuff has come out about how their process and how they do things. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And it's become clear they're kind of protective about who they let in and want to do stuff with them anyway. So I can't really see, I'm not saying Bischoff, but like somebody else coming in and all of a sudden, oh God, we're really going to shake stuff up. Uh, and they're real stubborn to change, it seems like. It seems like they they really want to keep doing this wrestling buffet approach, which I don't think is a good idea. Um, they need to pick a style and stick with it. Mm-hmm. Unless you unless you make it into two shows, right? Um, if you want to have like an indie approach, I guess maybe have it on a different show. And if you want more of a uh, like pro wrestling kind of thing, kind of like what Cody was doing, but then all of a sudden he just fucking like it's being weird. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is his deal anyway? I saw that promo finally, and it's like weird as fuck. And it's like, whatever, the shit he said was really cringy, but then he did this weird shit trying to say, like, because that dude, Anthony Gogo, gut shot at him, which is a really shit finish, by the way, a gut punch. Yeah. He uh, throws the British flag on him like he's dead, and all of a sudden it's like we're at war with England. Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like, C- Cody does one thing, and... and- it pisses me off. He thinks he's the god gift of wrestling when he's not. Um, I will. I I will say he's a good talker. I mean, minus the lisp that he has. Uh, but he's he's good at hyping a crowd, right? I will give him that. Um, he's sure. he's he's somewhat of an okay wrestler. Um, he has his moments. Uh, there's def he definitely botches sometimes a lot in his uh in his ring, but he does do good storytelling in the ring, especially with him and Dustin. That was a great match. Uh, he tries to get too fancy. He tries to do. I feel like he tries to do spots where he's trying to keep up with all the indie style guys, and that's where he starts fucking up because that's where he always botches. He tries to get too intricate with something and it falls apart. Yeah, because he always does that like bouncing off the ropes and shit like just keep it on the ground do what your brother does yeah and, dustin never did a bunch of fucking crazy shit he's just a good wrestler yeah <laughs> and i will say this like that weird promo that he had like when he's do he he did this like unity kind of thing he's like oh, i'm having a she's i'm having a daughter and she's gonna be black and she's gonna be white and she's gonna she's gonna like it or something like that. And I'm just like, what are you what are you talking about? Like, just I understand like he's trying to put like a unity kind of thing, but he's also like, if you peel away, it's his wife injecting, you know, some of the like f- the the female stuff and the the, the people of color kind of drama that's going on right now, and it's just like. We just want to watch wrestling. Like, if you're gonna make it a, like out of a heel and and face story, fine. That's that's cool. If everybody's in on it, and be like, it's weird um, because it's gonna get a lot of backlash. But like, if that ever happened, I'd I'd probably be like, whoa, that's that's fucking real, dude. Like, you're having a white guy and a, a black uh, a white and a black wrestler, and they like BLM and like I don't know. <laughs> It would be weird. It would be weird. It would be weird in this like uh, this uh, type of society. But I, I'd be like, "Ooh, that's pretty risky." I like it for the risk factor, not because they're, ha- of- they're having the first mixed race baby ever. Didn't you know? 
Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> you know, it's just the way they fucking act about it. I know, I was being I found, sarcastic. I found out something ridiculous about his promos just now, though. What? Cody said, he said this, which pissed me off, too. He said, like, um, all all those old timers and stuff always say, like, oh, I came up with that promo off the top of my head. Bullshit. No, you didn't. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? No, it's like, okay, I doubt a lot of those promos were literally just off the top of the head. I'm sure they had an idea at some point and just, they're just like, well, I'm going to say this, this, and that. And some people practice a little bit, but there was no script. <laughs> most wrestlers, uh, sorry to interrupt. Most wrestlers, they, they read stuff or listen to stuff and they go, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. They just hear something. It could be anything. A lot of Jake Roberts, good lines and shit that he came up with was li- fucking lyrics from like Ozzy Osbourne or Pink Floyd or something. Is just some of that stuff he says. You're like, whoa, man. Turns out it's from a fucking Pink Floyd song or something. But uh, he said that he workshops his promos for months. Like he, he 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 performs them in front of people. I'm like, you workshop your promos. You came out with that. <laughs> what? I I even though they're kind of doing like, there's some people in the crowd. Um, and it's weird because I can't, you can't gauge it with an A and A, AEW crowd because some of it's SJW ish, but especially right now. <laughs> y- yeah. Um, I have, uh, you, you have to do that in like, a that type of promo and then I guess a conservative area, like a Texas or something. Um, Florida. A fl- well, they're in Florida. Jackson. Yeah, no, I'm just like, yeah. that's what's weird. Well, Jacksonville's kind of a Democrat-y, so... Yeah, uh, sure. But, um... Yeah, it's just... I don't know, man. I I, I have... A, what's really annoying is that his wife is always... It seems like he's on a leash being whipped. Maybe he is. Maybe, maybe he likes that. Maybe. I don't know. I I just don't like. I don't like the persona. I I definitely don't like the persona of him wearing suits all the time. It, that, Especially with that awful goddamn neck tattoo he got. Yeah, it, it pisses me off because like you look at Dusty, right? And Dusty's always been that, uh, you know, cowboy and like weird clothes and all that stuff. And then you look at Dustin. I mean, I'm not talking about like wrestling gear, uh, just civilian gear. Look at Dustin, he's always wearing cowboy boots and fucking jeans and shit. Yeah. And then you look at Cody and he's like, I'm wearing a suit and stuff and looking like a fucking mafia member, gangster or whatever. He wants to be Triple H. Yeah, you know what? They, they want to be Triple H and Stephanie, that's what it is. I think you're right. I think we nailed it on the head. <laughs> I'll be fair, I'm not, the, I'm not the one that came up with that, but I did have like vague thoughts of it before. Especially when they did that shit where, like, remember he came out? I don't remember what show that was. Maybe it was the first double or nothing. He he hit the throne with the sledgehammer. It looked like vaguely a Triple H plot or uh, throne, you know, yeah. Prop, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is, why are you taking shots at Triple H? What the fuck is this? I could not shake that after that. Yeah, and he he always does this thing where he's like he's talking shit about his former company, but then he'll like go in an interview and be like, "Oh, you know, I praise Vince and Triple H for giving me the shot and all, and taking care of my family when my dad died and everything." And it's just like, then why are you doing it? Like it it, it it's come clear that I think, and this is my opinion, I think Cody was angry 
that they weren't pushing him or making him into a star, which he which he's a mid tier wrestler at best. Um, and he decided to quit. He got big in the indies. Everybody loved him. He, I will admit, I fell for the, what he was doing in, in in the indies in New Japan. I thought, wow, he's he's making a star out of himself. And then I was excited that he did the A and W. But now I'm coming to realization that I think eventually that the VP, like we're starting to see, the VPs are getting angry, right? I think Cody is going to get to the point where he's going to be on Tony's good side. And all the other VPs like the the Bucks and Kenny are either going to A, leave, or just drop their VP position. And then you have Cody and Brandy as like the, the Stephanie and Triple H kind of thing. I think that's where, I think that's maybe tinfoil hat, who cares? But I, th- I think that's what's going to happen eventually. It's a possibility. I could see that happening. I could see him outlasting both of them mm-hmm. and just sticking around and whatever. I digress. We, we, we went off on a huge tangent, but whatever. If I felt it was interesting to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, any, any more news or is that it? That's pretty much it. All right. So let's get into some WCW Saturday night, April 3rd, 1993. So, episode starts off with a... Was that Jesse on the bike? No, I think it was just a guy. (laughs) It starts off with a guy on a bike and then a big limousine comes by. Um, It's Ric Flair with girls. And I wrote down, he probably fucked all of them. For real. Woo. Woo. Space Mountain. Woo. Um let me bring it up here. Hold on a second. Uh bring me up, bring me up brother. <laughs> Ron Simmons versus JD Wolf. That's right. Um I'm actually happy we got to see a Ron Simmons match. I know. I was like he, he went away for a while again. Yeah. Um I guess he had an injury for real though. They kept talking about it. his shoulder was fucked, so uh, this, it, it was what? it was a squash, but like he was he was fucking that guy up so bad. Uh, he was doing a lot of uh, throwing in the corner and like uh, doing tackle moves and shit, very football like. And I think they talked about football stuff during the commentary. Yeah, he was doing like his shoulder blocks, and it, they looked damn good too the way he was doing them. Mm-hmm. And he was just doing clotheslines and big strikes, and then eventually JD Wolf tries to rake his eyes. And that just pissed Ron off. <laughs> so he just like throws him in the corner, power slams him, and he hits that fucking spine buster. You know, the one where he just picks the dude up and just drives him back down in the mat as hard as he can. We had two good spine busters tonight. We did. Yeah. We did. So but that got the three though. He spine busters and squash three. It was a good squash. Yes. Uh so Paula, I mean Paul Orndorff uh, versus the Italian Stallion. And I, I had a double take by the way. Because right when uh, Tony goes Italian Stallion, I'm like, wait a second, Rocky Bell? No. <laughs> Somebody chose Italian Stallion as their ring name? No, there's just like a fat guy who's called the Italian Stallion who wrestled in that territory. Yes. <laughs> That's all? <laughs> so were you cons- – because Italian Stallion had some offense in his match. He did. Um, he had a couple of punches. He had a couple of headlocks. Uh, there was parts where – and and I give 
credit to Paul Orndorff. I, I, I would think this guy would, you know, hate to be maybe worked a little bit by unknown people, but he, I think this is two weeks in a row where we saw Paul Orndorff, like actually work with somebody. And, yeah. and, uh, I was pretty surprised about that. And by God, I love Mr. Wonderful's fucking pile driver. It's a good one. It's one of the better ones I've seen. Yeah, I actually do want to get. Uh, what was that one arcadey WWE game? Was it WWE? Remember, it was like you could be the warrior, and every time you did a move, like you were flying before the pile driver and shit. All stars. Yeah, there you go. I want to. Yeah. I want to play that game again because it has Mister Wonderful, I think, in it. I can't remember if it does or not. I have it too, but I only played it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know he was in Legends of WrestleMania. Yeah, that too. Oh my god, I want to play some good fucking wrestling games, not not this garbage bullcrap simulation. But I digress. What'd you have to say about this match? Um, <laughs> uh, I want to mention this before that that something happened like right before. But Tony and Jesse were on stage, and Tony was talking about how he was going to get to talk to Missy Hyatt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jesse's like, you must be looking forward to that, Shivani. You'll finally be talking to somebody that you outweigh. <laughs> and he's just like, let's go to the ring. He just pissed him off. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was great when Paul was coming out. He was still getting mad. That whole Paula thing just kind of gotten over with this crowd. And I like how he took his robe off and he yelled at that fucking guy who was like a staff member to, to like, take his robe and take care of it shit. <laughs> Um, but they start off pretty good. We, I've seen this Italian stallion dude before he's worked in this for this company for a while, even back when it was like Jim Crockett promotions. Mm -hmm. So like this dude's really a veteran and I guess he's like decent. And I think that's why Paul had this kind of a match with him because Paul's a professional from everything I've ever heard of him. It's like this match is supposed to get him over. He's a heel. But at the same time, he's going to, like, make him look a little bit good, too, which he does. Yeah, because it's, it's it's his territory. You don't want to... Because I think back then, wrestling, they actually cared about business and stuff. And, like, if you're going to kill a guy in their territory, uh, at least make let him get a couple of punches in there. Or, you know, have a dirty finish in some way. There's different ways to do a squash match, and it all and this it, I wouldn't really call this a squash because he really had like a just a short match with this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went about it this way, where it's like I'm a heel. I'm not a real big heel though. I'm like not like in terms of popularity. I mean in size. And he's kind of getting pushed right now, you know. But this guy, you know, he's pretty decent. So let's just have a match. Because he'll come out looking still, like, competent, but he just wasn't good enough to beat me. So you can't have every squash match be like Ron Simmons. You just steamrolls that fucking guy and beats him. Yeah. Uh, you know. It, it was a good shorty match. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually uh, gave it a 5.1 out of 10. Cause... I, I gave it a 6. Oh, okay. Just because Paul was doing good stuff, good technical wrestling stuff. When you get dirty, it's it's good. Everything he does is just really smooth and crisp. Um, I, I like the part where Tony goes, I think he's going back. Uh, he's walking back because everybody's calling him Paula. He was going to, and then he stopped. He was like, oh. Um, yeah, they had a couple good spots and stuff. They did some decent moves. They mostly traded holds for a while, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. 
but the finish was cool. Like, uh, he threw him out at some point, and he took like a nasty uh, tally stallion took like a nasty flying bump to the floor, and he gets him back in. He kicks him in the face from the apron, does a flying elbow, and then he picks him up and just power drives, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> but pretty solid little match, I thought. Nice. Um, so we finally got to see how the Hollywood Blondes got their titles. Yeah, that was that was nice after just being confused for so long. Um, I guess this was on uh, Worldwide Wrestling, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about the match itself. Do it, you? No, it was really chaotic. Like this was like an. Uh, I actually written down, I was like, wow, this kind of reminds me of, like, AEW craziness, but, like, it's watered down a little bit, because there were there was a lot of flips and stuff, and it was very fast-paced. It kind of looked like that they wanted to get the belts off of Shane and Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat, and they did it, they did it in a weird fashion. Like, they still made Shane and Ricky look good. But just like, oh, we just need to get these belts off of these guys, and they did that. So, I think at this point in time, like, I'm not real sure, but <clears throat> we've been watching three months worth of WCW programming now in this year, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like they have much of a tag division division right now. Because, like, what are all their teams really? Like, you got Steamboat and Douglas, which is a makeshift tag team. Hollywood Blondes. Hollywood Blondes, who were a makeshift tag team, but they made an effort to become a tag team. Wrecking Crew. Wrecking Crew, which is a tag that Yeah, sure, they look like a tag team, but they're like, they got bumped down the card after they figured out, okay, these guys really aren't all that good. The Cole Twins. The Cole Twins are a one-off gimmick thing, I feel like. Um, Tex and the other... Tex Lazinger and Shanghai Pierce, they're sure, they're a tag team, they're okay sometimes. Um, you have those other twins that they just fucking disappeared. I don't know where they went. Oh, the Remember? One, yeah, the ones that Jesse were kind of like showboating a little bit. Yeah, like it seemed like they're building them up to face the Cole twins, and now they're just. I think they've been off two episodes of TV since then. I'm kind of wondering what happened to them. They might. Maybe they'll come back next week. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but other than all those guys, they don't really have any other tag teams right now. I don't feel like. It's mm-hmm. just fucking random people they put together to be in a tag team. So their tag division's like shot. So I guess they're just like, well, these guys made an effort to be a tag team, but they're pretty good. So just fuck it. Let's put it on them. Yeah. Um, what of what I saw of the match, because this is clearly the end of like a main event match that we watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to break that down and everything, but I just noticed more things that make me not like Shane Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> because like, Shane Douglas is the baby face and he's begging off in the ring yep. against Austin. I'm like, what the why is he begging? When do baby faces beg off? It's just it's something else about this dude's psychology that makes me question if he know, really knows what the fuck he's doing. Oh, we're point. we're gonna get to WrestleMania because I have some things to talk about in a fucking tag team uh title match. Cool. Uh yeah. <laughs> um let's see. Uh I, this is basically what happens is they spill out to the floor, Shane and Austin do, and that leaves Steamboat in there with Pillman. And 
Ricky's leaning against the ropes or something. Something happens off camera, and you see Austin. He's got the belt, and he hits Ricky in the back of the head. And then he he pins him. And that's it. That's how they win. I'm just like, okay, well, they they fucked him. They're heels. So that, that's how they get the title. Mm-hmm. Did you and, score uh, it? No, because I didn't see a whole match, you know. Yeah. Um, the promo, they did a really good promo. Both of them did. Mm-hmm. And that was, I did Pillman's. I kind of combined both their promos, but I tried to do a Pillman impression. Yeah. <laughs> I can't have, I need to have like 30 throat surgeries or some shit or smoke like a whole pack of cigarettes or something before I do it. Which, <laughs> yeah, which by the way, he has actual throat surgery, so whatever. Yeah. Um, That's kind of it. That was a good promo. Then there's a bumper where Sting's listening to the Slam Jam CD and it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of strange. I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We had a... It, it's funny because there's another one that comes up later on with Slam Jam, but uh, <clears throat> Johnny B. Bad versus Paul Lee. Oh, my God, this guy. Yeah. Paul Paul Lee <laughs> looks like Dollar General Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. He's got... He has a robe. He wears the same trunks and knee pads and boots. I mean, his boots don't say RF on him, but you can tell he's kind of like trying to, he's, he's trying to be Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Especially with some of his, his mannerisms and stuff. He's, he, he starts off doing a strut. And he throws like a weak ass fucking chop and shit. And it, he looked like he tried to do kind of a flare cell or a flare flop or something. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck's his dick? It's serious. Like, we got Ric Flair back. Why is this guy trying to copy Ric Flair? <laughs> maybe maybe it was an Arn Anderson, uh, we call it, uh, put that guy out there. Be like, hey, he's copying your gimmick. And, you know, to make him wrestle again, which we'll get to the the promo later. <laughs> Cor- I've heard Cornette talk about how, like, when they were doing that Saturday show and the Worldwide Wrestling at that point in time, like early nineties, they were they got really sloppy about the people they'd pick to come in and do jobs. Mm-hmm. I feel like this guy's like one of those people. Yeah, because <laughs> he started botching a lot, and I think it pissed off Johnny B. Bad because when he like tried to jump, like he didn't go all the way. Uh, well, the guy didn't slide all the way under him, and he like tripped over Johnny B. Bad. And I'm yeah. and I'm like, oh wait, this is how the other guy got fucking punched and shit, and like got thrown around. And it, it, he didn't get angry. It seemed like it looked like it was near the end anyway. And then he, he... got angry. I oh. can tell he got angry. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, they're doing a crisscross thing, and he didn't go down far enough on the leapfrog, so he kind of like stopped right underneath him, and he almost landed on him like Johnny B. Bad did. Mm-hmm. And then he gets him up, and he like punches him in the chest, like hard. And then he clotheslines him pretty stiff. <laughs> and then he goes for that that awful ass finish where he does the top rope sunset flip and he overshot him either that or this dude was out of position and he just kind of sloppily rolled over for him. And he got a three. This was a squash. It was just not good because this guy isn't good. Yeah. And I think Johnny B bad needs to be more professional and stop getting mad and hitting people if they fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause this, he's, this is like the third or fourth time I've seen him do this. Uh, he's getting a new finish too. That finish fucking sucks. Goddamn top rope sunset flip. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he'll change her soon. Hopefully, to TKO. 
Maybe. <laughs> to the uh, uh, I mean, no, he he did a. I keep wanting to say Starship Splash. Fucking shooting star. There it is. Isn't Starship Splash the the um, fuck man? John Morrison's John Morrison. There you go. No, that's Starship Pain. Oh, okay. But there was a star in both of them, and I, I combined them together. Nice. <laughs> Like he goes, he goes back up to Tony though after the match. He cuts a promo and he talks about how he's like, "I'm moving up the ladder, Daddy, and I want, I want Barry Windham." And that just made me laugh because I'm like, "This guy is such a fucking gimmick." Like I can't even take that seriously that he wants to fight Barry Windham. But whatever happened to the feud with him and Max Payne? Because didn't like Max Payne like break his arm? He tried to, or he did, or something. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe it's back to the drawing board. Maybe they want to push Johnny B. Bad more than Max Payne. I guess. All I know is he got kind of a mixed reaction, too, when he came out this time. Oh, Johnny B. Bad did. Maybe they knew he was actually hurting people. I think they're just... This is kind of a silly, goofy gimmick, and this is more of a, like, southern crowd anyway. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I like I'm surprised Vince never saw this dude and wanted to hire him in this gimmick because this feels like something he would have wanted in the 80s or something. He still is kind of doing silly shit right now at this time. Yeah, he would be perfect for WWF. Um, but yeah, I, I chuckled when he said Barry Windham. I'm like, really? No, nah, dude. <laughs> Barry Get destroyed. Barry Windham is cool. You're not cool, Johnny. Be bad. No. Vinny Vegas, though, versus Rob Morgan. Holy shit, Rob Morgan's tall as fuck. He looks like he's trying out to be the fucking brawny man, too. Yeah. Um, I didn't like this match at all. Uh, I couldn't feel very strongly about it one way or another because it was short and it was a squash match. It was a Nobody, squ- I didn't feel like anybody did anything bad was the thing. Yeah, it was just boring. It was like... These big tall guys, and you're just like, I'm Vinny Vegas, and I'm veteran. I'm just gonna win, and that's how it felt. Like pretty much, they need smaller guys for Vinny Vegas to squash because it looks better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they they've done that to him before. They they put him up against some job guy that's like almost as big as he is, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> um. Jesse had a hilarious line during this match. He get, he regales us with some of his good life advice. Because you know how Tony always likes to call him out on his shit? Yeah. Where he's like, that sounds like something you tell us. You know, cheaters always prosper, shit like, you know, that kind of stuff. But he's making fun of uh, Van Hammer because he's he thinks he's dumb and shit. Because mm-hmm. I guess they're still going to have a match at some point, Vinny Vegas and Van Hammer. He's like, he's a blonde, you know. Blondes are dumb, Tony. The blondes are dumb. He's like, you know the stereotype, right? Dumb blondes are the ones you want to meet late at night, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Not the smart ones, the dumb ones. The smart blondes will walk away with half when it's all over. <laughs> I'm like, that's fucking funny. Jesse was um, Jesse was good on the mic. Vegas looked fine, I guess. It's, it's still weird that they keep getting these bigger guys from the squash. I want him to see. I want to see him in a more competitive match, though. Kind of like the one he had with British Bulldog that they showed us. Yeah, that was good. That was that was that was fun. I think that's what it is. We're just tired to see them squash people. True. Um, want to talk about a bad match, right? Oh uh, yeah. 
Wrecking Crew versus Eric Watts and Brad Armstrong. And I wrote down Brad Armstrong is the only good wrestler in this whole fucking match. Poor Brad, dude. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. Uh, Eric Watts still getting booed. Um, yeah. I figured maybe, like, I was curious to see how the crowd would react because he was gone for a while. And nope, they still fucking hate him. <laughs> Wrecking Crew was doing the same thing. They always do the same thing. They always, like, throw the guys in the ring. They do a couple of, like, chest bumps and fucking clotheslines and splashes against the turnbuckle. They always do their, you know, uh, tag team moves and stuff. Eric Watts and Brad Armstrong, I don't... I I think they just... Last minute adding together. Because... Yeah. Because Eric Watts looked fucking terrible at everything he was doing, especially when he was trying to work the legs. Like, he was, like, over-exaggerating every time he did it. Um, Yeah. When he's, like, banging up the knee. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then then there was parts where Brad Armstrong was trying to do things with Eric Watts, and Eric Watts wasn't communicating really well, and it was botching. And I just, it was so off, but I I was enjoying the booing. I was liking the crowd booing Eric Watts. I'm like, this is a fucking face getting booed right now. He has a go away. It was so bad that they were booing Brad Armstrong when he got an offense because he was with Eric Watts. He's dragging him down. Mm-hmm. This was boring unless Brad Armstrong was in there doing something. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious because Brad Armstrong doesn't even have, like, as far as I know, a known personality. It's just that he can get over on his work alone because he's so good. Mm-hmm. But, he, but he, he was the way he's been presented has just been a guy that loses to a bunch of people. And they p- team him up with somebody that nobody fucking likes if they try to push the baby face. So, of course, he's going to get a negative reaction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But I kind of figured it out what what Eric Watts's problem is because I know like immediately when we started seeing him, you're like, I fucking hate Eric Watts, and I always heard stuff about Eric Watts like on Cornette's podcast, people <laughs> ask questions about Eric Watts, or the other dude on that show brings him up or how bad he was and how everybody hated him and shit. Mm-hmm. But I never I never saw him until we started like doing this, and I said, well, his work isn't doesn't look bad but there's something wrong with the way he's doing it or something it's weird Mm. i think i finally figured it out like he concentrates so hard on trying to execute all the moves well and they're like they're too smooth almost but the real problem is he doesn't project anything as he's doing moves yeah like just feel like this dude's just a piece of fucking cardboard doing moves it's he doesn't portray any kind of like uh aura of I'm a real good technical wrestler guy like Bret Hart or Mr. Perfect or something or because that's what he try he's trying to be uh or he has like a lot of aggression or he makes it look like this shit is hard to do and I'm in a struggle as you can see it when Brad Armstrong's in there I was like pay attention to when they switch p- positions and watch how they both work yeah Eric Watts is boring when he works. When you watch Brad Armstrong, even when he's doing basic shit, like just doing an arm ringer, the way he does it makes it look like he's like, he's trying to win. He's putting a hold on. He's trying to cinch it. Like, like he's twisting his whole body. He's using his entire body to convey that. I think you're right because I think he, 
he does what Macho Man does. He has to have a script on what moves he's going to do. And instead of just taking one move at a time to, like, work that move in the moment, he's like, all right, I'm going to do this arm bar, but when you get up, I'm going to do a suplex. So he's, like, always trying to get to one move to another. Like, like almost a spot fest without, like, doing spot fest kind of thing. Sort of, yeah, except, like, unlike Macho Man, is he can't portray you know, properly what he's doing. He can't convey that, put, put those feelings across that Macho Man is, he plans his matches meticulously, but at the same time, like it still feels like a match. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew that until they heard it from, you know, all the fucking rags and stuff like that. Old Macho Man plots his matches out. I I never knew that until like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there is a part where Fury tags Rage back in and Eric is like fighting him off. And then there's like this awkward pause where they all three stop and look at each other. Like they don't know what the fuck to do or they forgot what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then he just, Rage just hits Eric. And I'm just like, Oh God, <laughs> really guys. And then I have to, I have to call this out. Rage put Eric in a half crab and they try to do that shit where the partner grabs his partner's arm and tries to get extra leverage. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fucking commentary team even calls it out because they have to, but I wish somebody like Jesse would have said, they're doing it wrong. I never (laughs) said these guys were geniuses (laughs) because the way that it's working is he's got him in the hold and Rage is facing his partner and Fury grabs his arm and starts pulling his arm, but it's like he's pulling him off the guy. Mm -hmm. Like he's taking pressure away, not adding pressure. That's fucking stupid. I've never seen that happen before. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's some other fucking bad shit happens. The finish even sucked. Like Brad does his Russian leg sweep and there's like fucking shit going on in the ring. And something happens where the other wrecking crew guy hits an elbow drop on him mm-hmm. to break it up. And then Brad just rolls over and he's selling like, Oh shit. And then the other wrecking crew guy pins him and wins. That's a shit finish. I gave it a four out of 10. I gave it a 4.25 out of 10. The only reason why I even was that generous is just because Brad. Brad was trying to do work, and he was trying to do shit and get something out of these guys. And when he was in there doing stuff, it was okay. Yeah. He can only do so much. (laughs) Jesse and the Cold Twins doing interviews, and I just rolled my eyes because I'm tired of the Cold Twins being like, oh, I'm this guy. No, I'm this guy. And it's annoying me now. (laughs) The honeymoon is already over. Yeah. <laughs> At first, you're like, this is, like, crazy. Like, whoa, what? what is this? These guys are, like, weird. They're kind of likable. No, they're driving They're driving this into the fucking dirt already. Mm-hmm. I, I just think they don't know what to do with them because I I had this weird thing that maybe the, the Cole twins were going to be some type of heel to go against uh, Ricky and uh, Shane Douglas. But then they're just like, we got Hollywood blondes. What are we doing? And now they just don't have anything for the the the, the Cole twins. And I guess they're trying. Maybe they're going to be facing the Wrecking Crew now. I guess maybe. I don't. They know. already beat them. I know, but maybe they need to beat them again. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be okay with watching Austin and Pillman beat them. True. Because they're they're fine in the ring. They're fine. They're pretty solid wrestlers. I think it's just this gimmick is weird and stupid mm-hmm. I, I have nothing else to say about it 
there was nothing else. There was nothing to say about it. Jesse goes up to him. He's like, you guys have a fan club. And he's like, they look at each other like, we got fans? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, only stars have fan clubs, right? And they look at each other like, we're stars. And they just walk off. And he's like, can you believe these guys? They call themselves stars. I think at one point he's like, you don't know what a fan club is? It's when you have fans and they buy merchandise and stuff. And then I'm like, are we really talking about fan clubs right now? Like, yes. <laughs> what is this? And I'm like, get off, get off my screen, Coltwins. You were good. Uh, like, if they would have just did that one, maybe two times interview, but now every time they do an interview, they do this like, well, I'm Cole, I'm Keith, eh, I'm 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 David, I'm Keith, or whatever, and like, uh, and then like, they're being all stupid too. Like, they don't know what a fan club is. Yeah, the fuck. Yeah. How can you get behind these guys? Nobody likes a stupid baby face. They would be great as heels, though. Since they could be. Since they're twins and shit. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, you can do cheap shit all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Cactus Jack and Tex Slazinger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I wrote Cactus is better than Tex, but goddamn, this match was very stiff, in my opinion. And I don't know if it was they both agreed to just go all out, but fucking Cactus was landing some punches and shit, and they started doing things at, uh, uh, on the outside that were kind of cool, um, especially when Tex Slazinger like fucking like lunged at fucking Cactus Jack, and Cactus like sold it really well. Um, yeah. And uh, I forgot uh, <laughs> the finish was cool. I mean, I don't have a lot. To- things to say because it, most of it was just craziness and like punching and stuff because cactus in wcw does a lot of punches i noticed by the way this, this is a brawl yeah this was just a, it was a contained brawl barely and it wasn't a pretty match because some of cactus's wrestling move stuff doesn't look all that good especially if you got tech slasher trying to go along for the ride for it sell it because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of a big guy so it's kind of awkward like he did that face, but he tried to shoulder block him and he didn't really go down good. And he did like a face buster and he didn't really go down good for that either. <laughs> just, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of punching and running around and falling outside of the ring, getting thrown out and whatnot. It was crazy. It was kind of fun to watch though. Tex, I, I thought Tex did okay in this match. He did some good stuff. I liked when he, flew out of the ring at him and he did the bang bang thing and he was being a heel mm-hmm. um and then geez. his and then his teammate came with the, the the bull rope and cactus won with the bull rope because he choked him to death yeah he, he he hit him with the i think the bell is what they were trying to portray and knocked him out mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah it was a pretty fun little brawl i thought i gave it a six i gave it a 5.5 out of 10 so Missy really wants to talk to uh, Ric Flair. She messed her hair up. She has a weird fucking haircut now. She they they made her look crazy, but she talked sexually about it. Like I really want to talk to you, Rick. Like she wanted to like suck him off or something because I thought they made it seem like she was pregnant or something. That's just what I thought. Like we really need to talk. Like this could change your future. And it's like what? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Yeah. 
It was short, though. She just snatched the mic from Tony and just started talking, and she said everything she needed to say within, like, 30 seconds, and it was over. Well, there was a lot of short promos in this whole show. Like It was just refreshing as shit instead of standing there talking for, like, fucking 15 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. God. (laughs) So what do you you have to say about Sting versus Mike Thor? Whoa, an appearance by the Stinger. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing I wrote, because I didn't expect that. And... They lock up and shoot off, and then, like, Thor tries to hip-toss Sting, but he just blocks it. But it was kind of funny because Sting just wanted a clean break away from the hip-toss. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, let's, let's back up. And then he just tries to cheap-shot Sting, and that pissed Sting off. So Sting just fucking punches him, and he starts outworking the dude. He starts doing those crazy leapfrogs he does. He gets a lot of height. He's got a good jump. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, when he had that match with Vader, when he'd do, like, a splash, he'd get some fucking air. But he military presses Thor, and he, I think he almost lands on his fucking head, but it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> Thor tries to slow the pace down and hit some punches, but Sting no-sells it. He just fucking throws him in the corner, and Sting a splash! And he cinches in the just Scorpion Deathlock, and fucking makes him tap out. Good squash. Good squash. And then Sting hypes up the crowd. He hypes up the crowd, and he puts over the promotion and the show. Because he talks about everybody in the promotion and how awesome they are. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a solid baby face pro. He put everybody over. <laughs> and then he leaves. Because that's what a face does. They fucking loved him, though, when he came out. Oh, dude, it was fucking rocking, that place. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas versus Bob Cook and Randy Sledge. Bomber Bob Cook. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God. I was like, <sighs> when they came out together... Ricky and Shane, I'm like, God damn it, they're still teaming together. I want Steamboat to go do his own shit. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you have to say about this? Um, Bob is fucking bumping like crazy for Shane Douglas. I thought that was odd. <laughs> like, he was like, he was doing like Shawn Michaels level shit. Like, he was doing flips and like spinning out for punches and shit and flying all over the place. And then... I don't know, they tag Bob and Randy in, and Bob starts throwing bombs on Steamboat. He starts doing those fucking punches. Like, Steamboat t- has control of the match for a while until Bob starts punching him in the face. <laughs> and he takes, like, a hell of a bump outside from, like, a drop kick. Shane Douglas drop kicks him, and Bob <coughs> fucking flies out of the ring and almost <laughs> lands on his head or something. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. And then, uh, at that point, He's out of the match, and I think uh, Steamboat's legal. And they do that aided crossbody thing on Randy Sledge where Shane touches his ass and shoves him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they win. Bob Cook and Steamboat were the only things that made this entertaining because Randy Sledge is like, I don't know, a fucking lump of clay. And Shane Douglas is boring. And he's such a weird, generic, bullshit babyface. And I know his fucking psychology for being a babyface is not good, so I don't care about anything he does. I wrote, Shane's boring. Jobbers had some offense. Cool teamwork moves from uh, Ricky and Shane. I will admit, some of it looked cool and decent. But I gave it a 5 out of 10. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10, mostly because Bob and Ricky. Why can't Brad Armstrong team with Ricky Steamboat? You know, mm-hmm. why can't they team together? Why is fucking this guy have to be in that spot? <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like that'd be a better team. 
okay, Barry Windham is up next against Joey Maggs, who's like a fat, short Italian guy. And um, there's not really much to say about this. Barry just beats the shit out of him. Um, you know, he just does some of his solid work. You know, his punches are good. He's suplexing him and stuff. And he hits him with like a weird version of like his DDT. I think that guy didn't know how to take it because he did like a, a weird thing where he, he pulled him up like he was going to DT or the dude I think didn't jump the right way. So Barry just fell down with him. Yeah. It was like, whatever. It still looked good. Mm-hmm. Squash. Mm-mm. Um, what do you think? Um, <laughs> I have nothing to say about this besides like Barry Windham. Whatever he does looks cool. Um, he did his like he, everything he did about it was cool. Like there was a part where Joey Mag started getting some offense, like rake the eyes and tried to like punch, but like he shook it off. Like, yeah. Like, it wasn't affecting him in any way. What the fuck is that? Like, you know who you're in the ring with right now? <laughs> but he's a champ, you know? He has to do that. Yeah. And I and I put a squash. I think the best part is the... Excuse me. <clears throat> I have, like, Chef Boyardee, like, heartburn a little bit. And the whiskey's yeah, the whiskey's not helping at all either. Um, oh no, that's a bad combo. <laughs> yeah, and um, but the 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 great promo from Barry and uh, Jesse, and I knew Jesse at, at one point was gonna go. Well, I have to say the uh, the hard questions. Uh, there's a man, you know, who had who had that title for a really long time. I'm talking about Ric Flair. And then he just walks off. And then he's like, I forgot what he says. He's like, Tony, you did this. <laughs> he blames it on Tony. He gets mad. He's like, nobody walks away from me. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Nobody's ever walked out of me on, on an interview. And he's like, Tony Schiavone, you had some hand in this. I know you did. You try to embarrass me all day. He just walks off like yeah. ranting. <laughs> but I, I like the uh, promo a little bit. It kind of, you know, because I, I was like, if they, they, they they pulled like a red herring kind of a little bit like oh Jesse's you know gonna get the full promo they, they get a part promo and then do the walk off thing so I liked it yeah you thought he'd get he'd be able to get an answer out of them because they're both heels mm-hmm. it didn't work <laughs> Cactus Jack likes Slam Jam yeah but he said he didn't have a CD player <laughs> yeah but he was wearing headphones. It was playing like the music, like he was li- like you could hear somebody's headphones. Mm. He's like, "This slam jam's pretty great. It's got my theme song on it, Mister Bang Bang." But you know, it would be better if I had a CD player to actually listen to it with. I was like, "What? <laughs> what the fuck?" In this spot, <laughs> maybe he stole it. Maybe he stole a pair of headphones. He lost his CD player in Cleveland. It's a fucking. <laughs> foreshadowing of things to come <laughs> um up next is rick rude danny deese danny deese dies he fucking gets his ass kicked it's amazing mm-hmm. rick rude goes in there he throws his robe off he just runs across the ring starts whipping his ass he slams him throws him in the turnbuckle twice and puts him in a bear hug and throws him down like a sack of shit and then rude awakens 
No, he hits a DDT too. Mm-hmm. He hits a DDT before that. He covers him twice and he picks him up each time. And he's like, no, fuck this. And he then the rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Squash. Squash Arena. Good squash. Mm-hmm. Arn Anderson versus Rex Cooper. Yeah. Another squash, but by God, I wrote that Spine Buster was fucking amazing. It was cool to see Arn work. Uh, I'll admit it. I'm not really somebody that's really ever seen a lot of Arn Anderson's matches. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of cool. It was like I was kind of excited to see him work. And he's great. Everything he does is like super smooth and great. So everything I've ever heard anybody ever say about him, just based off of this one little squash match, I feel like was true. He was never overhyped or anything. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, too, because it seemed like he was wanting to work a straight match with this guy. Like, you know, Arn's traditionally always been a heel. Yeah. But it wasn't until this guy tried to go for his knee that he got mad and he started to try to kind of like fight dirty a little bit. You know, he started, he threw him in the post hard and he started working his fucking arm. And he's doing various good good looking holds and strikes. And then finally hits that spine buster. Done. Yeah, the other guy didn't get, I don't think ever got any type of offense. Maybe like the knee and that's about it. He grabbed his leg when he was trying to come through and did that shit where he's like, oh, he bangs your leg on the fucking apron. You know, that was it. (laughs) And then Ric Flair comes out with a promo. Yeah. Talks about the four horsemen. And then Arn Anderson comes and says, you know, he has fucking RF boots. He's got Rick's boots. And tells him, you know, why don't you put him on right now? Now, was he saying to join him or to have a match with him? Because I got... Arn said, this is what he said. He basically tells him, it's time to quit milking it. And I was like, yes, I agree, Arn. And he told Rick that he wants to team with him. He wants to, to do a tag team match with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, we could like we could make all the heads roll on this entire company, man. You know it, brother. And I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. And then Rick's like, I'm not ready to wrestle yet. Woo! And he just walks off camera. And I was <laughs> like, damn it, Rick. <laughs> well, keep talking about it. Um, my, that was, my, I'm sorry, I've had to do something, so keep talking. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that, that was kind of that whole segment, though. Arn was just like, well, eventually, someday, you know. It's that that day's gonna come, and then we're gonna we're gonna run roughshod. It's gonna be great. And they, he get, he throws up the four the four fingers, and he's like, "It's not a a threat; it's a promise or something." And uh, that's that was it. Um, it was an okay show. The only bad part of it, I felt like, was that tag match with Eric Watts and Wrecking Crew. Yes. Um, I have to admit, though, I'm starting to get a little thirsty for a solid wrestling match, like one that you know, <coughs> squash and lasts longer than five minutes. It's, I feel like it's been a little while. Yeah, we've been getting um, we've been getting a lot of squash matches, and it's really annoying a little bit. It, it's it's okay. I understand because you shouldn't always have fucking. I don't agree with that philosophy that you should go out there all the time and try to have the best match ever. Oh no. Like, I and yeah. I, and I, and I'm not saying like they should, you know, have a 30 minute Dave Melcher fucking 20,000 star match and all that stuff. Um I think that you could put for example a and I'm just looking here uh a uh we I'm not not 
a Cactus Jack with like maybe Chris Benoit and do a short match. You know what I mean? You're not match- allowed to see Chris Benoit anymore. Because he killed his family? <laughs> my un- my uncle? Yeah, your uncle's not banned from wrestling. <laughs> but um, but um, was there ever a Mick Foley and Chris Benoit match? That's interesting. I don't know. See, that could have happened at any point. Like, I don't know if they cross pads in WCW. I don't know if they cross pads in ECW because Chris Benoit was in ECW for like a minute. Yeah. Um. But Cactus and Tex was probably the longest match on the show, but it was just okay, and it wasn't what I'm really talking about either. Like, just a month or so ago, like, they were – you would have shows that were quick matches and squash matches and lots of promos maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, the next week, they'd have a couple matches that were longer that were, like, quality wrestling matches, like Ricky Steamboat and Dustin Rhodes or something. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of wanting a, a match. Hopefully next episode will give me that. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I think they're going to drag this Rick thing, this Rick Flair thing out till Slamboree, which they said was like May 23rd or something. So we got like two more months to go of this. More Rick Flair being like, woo, baby. Woo, woo. I, I wrestling brother. No, sir. <laughs> Missy High, we'll talk to Space Mountain. Woo! She's going to talk Space. She's going to do something to Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they'd give up on Eric Watts, Shane Douglas, and Johnny B. Bad. I wish they'd find something to do with Brad Armstrong. I don't even know. Like like I said, that was just a rant. Why, why, if they want to do that whole, this veteran takes this young kid under his wing who's like a good wrestler, why not do that with Brad Armstrong? Why... Mm-hmm. Why can't if you're gonna have Brad Armstrong just put people over? Why can't he be like the guy to have a good match with heels for like ten minutes or so, but lose? What about Ron Simmons and Brad Armstrong? Damn. Yeah, that'd be pretty that'd be, cool. That'd be. I don't know why you'd put them together, but damn. <laughs> that'd be either that or as a feud, right? I Who's think. A Sometimes you could have a face and face, right? Not out of the blue. No, out of like respect, I guess maybe. Maybe you'd have to. You see, yeah, those are those matches are weird. Mm-hmm. You, they have to build it up somehow. Uh, what do you score the show? Um, I'm gonna give it a five point five out of ten. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it would. It, it's weird because actually, you know, spoiler: WWF gets a little higher score because. It has a little uh, handicap because it's WrestleMania. It's, it is WrestleMania. But, like, this was okay, and I think we had two okay shows in a row um, with WCW, and I hope that's not a trend, because so far we've been loving WCW um, compared to WWF's brand, but I don't know. Maybe it's just them trying to feel out all the the talent that they have. Yeah, I, the management changes. You got to remember that too. They just Cowboy Bill Watts is running <laughs> shit, and they just put him out. And I don't know who the fuck's in charge right now. Mm-hmm. So, you ready? Would you get? Oh, you gave it a five point five out of ten. Yeah, we scored it the same. Yep. Um, are we ready for some WrestleMania nine? Caesar's Palace. 
Yes, the side of WrestleMania. Exactly. Um, Will Monsoon is our host. Yes, he's the host. I still don't understand the WrestleMania host sometimes. Because, like, sometimes they make it a big spectacle, but, like, this one it had a Gorilla Monsoon. But, like, I wouldn't... I think he was on camera for, like, three times total. Yeah, and it felt really weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, he, what did he do? They just, let's go to Monsoon. And he said some shit for, like, a minute. He said... be over. Yeah, he said stuff, like, about, like, different matches. Be like, oh, you know, this could be a great match because of this person and that person. I'm like, thank you, Gorilla. I knew it. I I want you on commentating, but I, I, I will say Jim Ross, Bobby Heenan, Macho Man did really well in this. Uh, yeah. And I actually like this commentating crew, and I kind of wish Jim Ross didn't leave. Uh, wait, no, he, he, this is him showing up, right? This is his first appearance, yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be a Raw thing, maybe? Of Jim, I don't. I don't know. I think I think Vince stays on Raw commentary for a while still. Um, I think sometimes no, Vince is fine. Uh, it depends on who he's who he's with though too. Yeah, like, hopefully that not helps. that not that comedian. <laughs> yeah, Rob Bartlett needs to fuck. If they could get Rob Bartlett the fuck off TV and put Jim Ross on there with Macho Man and Vince, that'd be fine. Because um, you can kind of have Vince and Jim like switch off on play by play. Yeah, like Vince likes to try to do play by play, and then Jr. is better. But Vince can also, I don't know, fill in the blanks and shit, and try to say stuff too. I have um, to, I have to ask you a question since you're a big Macho Man fan. Um, his com- we got his commentating was a little weird for me at times. Um, I don't know if he was forcing things, um, but there were times where I'm just like, ah, that's fucking cool. That's Macho Man. But other times you'd be like, yeah, you know, he's doing the thing he's got to do and all that stuff. And like, come on, man. Like, I get it. He, he's trying to like play the, the face thing and Bobby's being the heel. Um, but at times I'm like, uh, you, don't, you didn't really need to say anything, Macho Man, at that time. Um. Okay, so this is what I think is going on. Uh, I've no, I've noticed that he does that sometimes too. Like he's not real sure what to say, mm-hmm. and it's just not been here. He's done that on Raw a couple times too. He'll say something real generic or kind of like you're not really sure what he's trying to say, but you kind of get what he's trying to put across. Yeah, that's actually a good <laughs> but, explanation you just did. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Because he's like he's got a thing he's got to do, and he's doing it right now. Yeah, and like <laughs> yeah, he's, the baby face is punching the heel, and he's trying to fight back mm-hmm. okay but um i think part of it was because he was working with jim ross who he's never worked with before and i also think part of it is he's on a three-man booth which i'm not sure about this but i want to say i don't think he's done that before either mm-hmm. so because on all the pay-per-views we've watched so which honestly it was just royal rumble they didn't have a three-man booth it was fucking bobby and gorilla I mean, he's kind of used to it sometimes when he's on Raw because he has Rob Bartlett, but Rob Bartlett doesn't really speak until they yell at him uh, or he says something stupid. Oh, yeah, you're right. Duh. That is a three-man booth, but yeah, that's yeah. different. Like, that guy's not a commentator. Yeah. And, 
I don't, he's also like an outsider. You know what I'm saying? He's not really like, like this is Jim Ross who's coming from the opposition, Mm -hmm. you know? And maybe, maybe maybe it's a trust factor. I think you're right. I think it is because I read JR's book and uh, they kind of had an altercation uh, one time shortly before this, before this event. Um, and it wasn't like JR did anything, but something happened and Macho Man took it like the wrong way. Like he always and he, does. And he almost punched JR out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what that is. There's a little tension there and he doesn't trust him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he, I still thought he did good in the show, though. He had he had a lot of good lines and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I love the beginning because like you see Macho Man coming out uh, with the, the ladies and stuff. Uh, and then, uh, I love that. I was like, I can't believe this is real. Majo Man's being carried out on a sedan, being fed grapes by hot women. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, I, <laughs> this just feels like this should, this should be. I don't know. And then Bobby Heenan comes out with the camel. Um, and then he like falls over the camel. And I love the part where like, Macho Man lifts his fucking uh, toga up and he, like he's in his boxers and you just see like Macho be like any points. Everybody was cheering. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, also it was great. Macho Man was the only one not wearing a toga. Yeah, and I I, I said that to you on Facebook. I'm like Macho Man's the only person because I guarantee you Vince is like, all right, everybody, we're going to Caesar's Palace and we're all gonna everybody has to wear toga because even look at the the. The, the the video guys and the the photographers they were all in in costume did you notice that well, but vince said it's going to be the world's largest toga party mm-hmm. you know when vince says shit like that he's serious yeah <laughs> he wants it to be known for something and go in a record book somewhere <laughs> and i guarantee you like Vince is like all right macho you gotta you gotta wear a toga and he's like yeah vince yeah yeah but he says yeah to his face but then, like, when it's, like, WrestleMania time, no, you're not going to wear it. I'm the macho man. I do what I want. Yeah. I think he told Vince no. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you would tell him, nope. I ain't doing that. That's not my style, brother. No, Toga. Nope. <laughs> he still came out with, like, Roman-themed, like, his jacket. Yeah. Had, like, Roman shit on it and stuff. And it was honestly kind of cool. I was like, that could have passed for a cool ring gear. Too bad he wasn't wrestling. I don't know what the fuck he could have done, but I man. I have to point this out. The guy who does like those uh, interviews in the stands and shit. I fuck Pettengill. I fucking hate him. <laughs> you don't like Todd Pettengill? There, and we'll get to it later on. But he like interviews the guy from Caesar Palace, like the one of the president dude, and. He's like, yeah. you think I can get like a room like for free? And like, it's annoying and stuff. I don't know. It may, I, I'll say this. It was annoying. It was cringe. But I still appreciate the nostalgia because that's how the 90s were. <laughs> I, I remember Todd Pettengill a lot because uh, he hosted WWF Mania. I remember catching that on USA sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he was like on the live wire for a while. I remember that he was, he's always a, a correspondent and shit. Uh, so he was on a lot of TV when I was watching WWF back then. Uh, so I don't know. I don't hate the guy because he was just such a big part of that when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but he is really like game showy. He feels like a, 
dude that would host America's Funniest Home Videos or something? No, I, <laughs> I actually have it written down. I, I wrote, Vince must have watched Nickelodeon and said, hey, we need somebody that's like a Nickelodeon game show host, like a, a fucking, uh, what's that guy's name? Something Summers. It does Mark like, Summers. Mark Summers. We need a guy like that. In our... Except not having OCD. Yeah, and uh... <laughs> where he's like getting covered in gunk, and he starts laughing like maniacally, <laughs> <laughs> like he's about to have like a psychotic break because he's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think Vince like watched Nickelodeon. He's like, we need somebody like that as like an interviewer, I guess, or whatever. And that yeah. that's what we had. Um, but let's get to the first good match. I want to say. Of the night. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Tatanka versus Shawn Michaels. Um, Who is Intercontinental Champion for the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. And he's with Luda Vashon. This is Luda Vashon's debut. Yep. And Tatanka has Sherry with him. Sensational Sherry. If, we, if you remember, uh, I think it was in Royal Rumble um, where him and Marty Jannetty uh, were having a fight. And mm-hmm. Sensational Sherry was in that feud as well. And obviously, you know, she hates Shawn Michaels, so she's with Tatanka. Um, Luna's scary. Um, <laughs> and, like, Jim and Macho Man uh, brings that up. You know, she's scary and ugly. And because she's heel with Shawn Michaels, like, Bobby Heenan had to say she, she, she was hot, by the way, which I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I don't think she's ugly, but she's got like the whole. She looks crazy. Mm-hmm. She's got like the side of her hair, hair shaved before that was like really a thing. That was still like kind of a punk rock thing to do before. Yeah. Um, and she's got like a face tattoo of like flames or some shit. Mm-hmm. And she she just looks like some crazy biker bitch or something. Honestly, I'm not trying to say that like it's bad. That's just what it looks like. <clears throat> uh. I don't really have a lot of recollection of what she used to do early on in WWF. I think she was mostly like a valet. And I think when they try to make a women's division later, she wrestles. Mm -hmm. But uh, for right now, I guess she's just Sean's new valet. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I wrote Macho Man and Bobby are gold during this commentating because I I forgot who said it. Uh, I think... Bobby was stuttering, and Macho Man says, mm, "You have a stuttering problem." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could be a you could be a broadcast journalist with a stutter. And he's like, "I'm not." Shut up! Just <laughs> <laughs> tell him to shut up or some shit. And I, the whole time, Bobby Heenan keeps slagging Jim Ross for being from Oklahoma. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I will say, Bobby. Bobby Heenan, he's a, I mean, he plays the heel coward, but like he stood up to Macho Man throughout this whole fucking broadcast, by the way. Well, he didn't think he'd do anything about it. Then when he was about to do something about it, which was fucking hilarious, by the way, <laughs> he's like, get him away from me. Get him away from me. He starts freaking out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I miss Bobby Heenan so much. A great heel commentator. Um, I actually have a lot to talk about on this one. Um, the suplexes and chops that Tatanka was doing to HBK was fucking crazy. The arm drag from the top rope was fucking nuts to me. Yeah, Sean goes for like a flying clothesline. Tatanka counters it, turned it into an arm drag. Yeah. 
I was like, whoa, that's cool. I've never seen that before. And I, I've, I've come to a realization, by the way, that I mark out for atomic drops now. Well, when they're done right, they're awesome. Yeah, so when uh, Tatanka did an atomic drop to fucking uh, Shawn Michaels, I just fucking marked out crazy. Because we see we see a couple of atomic drops in the show, and somebody does a bad one. Yes. Uh, I actually burst out laughing because Bobby Heenan says something about the Democrats in this one. He's like, there's a bunch of Democrats here or something like that. And then he also says this racy thing that would never, ever be said in today's society. He calls Tatanka chief running chicken. (laughs) And I bursted out laughing. And, and, you know, obviously... it's not a big thing to say, like, there was a fucking football team, but, like, uh, Jim Ross calls him, like, a, a redskin because he's, you know, Indian, Native American. So I was, like, hearing that stuff back then, I was like, you know what? Nobody cared. Like, everybody just, like, this is a wrestling match. Like, we're supposed to have all these gimmicks. But uh, I laughed about that. Yeah. I love the ring psychology that Tatanka was doing since Shawn Michaels hurt his uh, hurt his shoulder in the six man tag that happened. So Tatanka was working the so- shoulder. Yeah, uh, that was good. Um, Shawn Michaels sold really well in this match. Um, compa- he, he didn't oversell like he usually does, even though he did the flip over the turnbuckle thing. But that was his like uh, tr- trademark or soon to be trademark kind of thing. He's bumping his ass off for talking in this match. Yes. Um, and then HBK did the flying clothesline on the uh, the top rope. And he also did it on the apron as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the whole... Every time both competitors went outside the ring, Luna would get closer. And then Sherry would, uh, you know, lurk. And Luna would be like, ah, fuck. Gotta go back to where I would, you know, away from Sherry. Which, by the way, Sherry is really fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Every time I see Sensational Sherry, I always think of when Stone Cold Steve Austin said, like, he had the crush for her. Uh, for all, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and there was a fallaway slam. Tatanka's chops are fucking amazing, by the way. Um, You're not as good as Mr. Perfect's. Oh, no, no, yeah. Well, <laughs> Mr. Perfect is better, but Tatanka's chops against HBK was cool. Um, all around, and I want to say this. Oh, there was one bot. I don't know if it was a botch, but, like, Shawn Michael was getting on the shoulders, and he. I guess he was supposed to have both legs over, and he's supposed to do the fallaway slam. But there was a part where, like, Shawn Michaels, one leg was here and the other leg was on the back. And, like, he did, like, a flip into, like, a pin. I don't know what you're talking about. He was trying to go for a victory roll. Yeah. That's a move Owen Hart would do a lot, actually. But, um, yeah, he was in the wrong spot and they kind of made it work anyway. Mm -hmm. And then he was in the right spot for a victory roll again. They tried to do it a second time. And that's when Tataka just turned it into an electric chair drop. Yeah. Uh, or as Jim Ross says, a follow I slam. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, all See, of, he was calling moves wrong back then, too. <laughs> uh, all all around, like, this match, 
you you would think like i mean if you're watching the show weekly like we are we're like we understand tatanka was getting pushed throughout the week like he was always having these jobber matches where he would like hulk up he he would have like uh the spirits go into him and he do his little uh indian uh hulkamania thing going on he's doing his war dance brother he's getting <laughs> up pumped up and he did that in the match by the way um which the crowd was going nuts like i i've never seen this match before and i didn't i don't follow Tatanka that much only when we started watching it and obviously in the future I didn't know if Tatanka would win or lose this match so when he started like hulking up I'm like oh shit is like he gonna beat Shawn Michaels and then obviously no because Shawn Michaels is getting pushed to become you know the star um but I really enjoyed this match what do you have to say about this match um this match was good both guys did good work for the most part I don't think Tataka did much wrong in this match. No, they bolted uh, really well. Sean does. He's it's still early in his career. You can tell he's not quite where the Shawn Michaels, you know, of like when he later becomes a main eventer mm-hmm. and you know, when he comes back and he has that other run and stuff, he's not there yet. You can tell in some of the stuff that he does, like whenever he tries to brawl and punch, it still doesn't really look all that good. Mm hmm. Um, the biggest thing I notice about him that he does at this point in time is he doesn't sell as much as he should. And he seems to want to like, when he gets done with a spot, he wants to get up and sell as little as possible and start setting up the next spot too quickly. Yeah. It's kind of like, I'm sorry for comparing him with him because we obviously know that Shawn Michaels is the better wrestler. But it's kind of like the Eric Watts situation, except Shawn Michaels knows how to wrestle compared to Eric Watts. Oh, yeah. He, he's way better at the whole wrestling thing than him. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, I feel like it's just like inexperience a little bit. Like he's still used to being a tag wrestler more, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's still young and he's still learning. Um, that's, that's all I'm saying is like he's still good. But I've noticed it a lot watching him from like the past three or four months of programming that he doesn't sell enough and it seems like he's just too quick to want to go to the next spot already. Mm-hmm. There, we are. We talked about some of the cool spots they did, like the super arm drag counter. The um, Sean did a, a top rope sunset flip better than fucking Johnny B. Bad, even if it wasn't executed correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Like they didn't really execute it exactly right, but it still looked good. Yeah. Um. Man, Tatanka hit like a badass looking shoulder breaker, and Sean sold it. He's like flopping around like a fish. That was good. Uh, that this is where it, it fucking falls apart for me though is like the finish. It's I'm not saying the match is bad, but the finish kind of fucked it and kept it from being as good as it could have been. Oh, yeah, fuck. I actually have that written down. So, I don't know if you want to explain it, but I'll I'll explain it what I saw, and I, I thought this is what was going to happen. So, there was things that were happening. I'm like, wait, are they calling a DQ on Shawn Michaels? Because he literally dragged the referee. It's not like the referee was just, you know, out cold and didn't know what would happen. But apparently... I think he punched him. Yeah, and... Here's the thing. I actually rewind, rewind, uh, rewind it. There we go. 
Um, and the referee was actually counting, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't, he was going one. He was doing really quick. He was going one, two, three, four, and he was doing really quick. And then it was I. It was nine, and then that's when Tron Michaels, uh, you know, dragged him out. Which, by the way, that's not very. I mean, it's heel like of what he did to the referee, but yeah. I, I guess he wanted to beat Tatanka. I guess like he wanted to beat him because if you think about it, if you get counted out, you're still the champ. So why right. does why does it matter, right? And he wanted to beat Tatanka. Yeah, and I I didn't like that they said it was a countout. I like I would have been okay if it was a DQ because he's a heel, and mm. that's what heels do. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if they were trying to protect Tatanka as well. I guess maybe you think you think that's the case. Like instead of it being a DQ. You're kind of still making it strong where both guys look good, I guess. I feel like the finish was miscommunicated because <clears throat> I didn't notice that he was counting really fast. I was too busy watching Sean and Tatanka mm-hmm. uh, at first, and I didn't, I didn't go back to check it. So what registered to me was, oh, Sean punched the referee in the face, and he got back in the, in the ring and then they said, no, he was counted out. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, okay, so I think what, what – here's what I think was supposed to happen. He was supposed to DQ Sean, and I think he probably just accidentally said, no, he lost. A count out, or the fucking ring announcer said count out when he meant to say disqualification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think it was just a simple mistake like that because, to me, it was obvious. You hit the referee, you get, and he's – he comes back and he's conscious. You're just fucking disqualified. Yep. So I think it was just a mistake on somebody else's part. Um, it did ruin the ending, though. Like, throughout the whole match, like, things were really good. And then at the end, like, even Satanka was kind of confused. I don't think that was like a, uh, like, a, I'm acting confused because of what happened. This was like, shit, like, why did you take count out? <laughs> that yeah. That's what I think happened too. But um, yeah, uh, everything I said about Sean before was like pretty much that was going to be some of my final thoughts on this. Good match, bad finish. Seven out of 10. I give it a 7.75 out of 10. I actually had this at an 8.3. Um, and then some things uh, brought it down and then the finish kind of ruined it for me a little bit not ruined it into the sense of being a bad match but uh like everything was going good until the finish yeah it held it back from reaching its full potential Mm -hmm. um after that luna beats down sherry pretty bad and knocked her out of her heels yeah he's kicking her shit like like soccer ball kicking her in the ribs (laughs) and then like tataka had to save her he helps her back at first, I thought, is he going to do that shit where he car- he carries the woman in his arms? No, he did the, the the bro thing where it's like he put her arm over his shoulder and helped her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, there, that's better. Um, They were backstage with Mean Gene and the Steiners. Mm-hmm. And oh. it's a pretty simple promo. It's just, they're both excited. They're going to beat the Head Shriekers. It's going to be a fucking a Coliseum battle or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fatu and Samu. Yes. AKA, yes, the Steiners. A.K.A. Rakishi for Fatu. 
Mm-hmm. Young, a young Rikishi. He's kind of cut at this point. He's not, you know, he's not really that fat right now. It's interesting. I actually like throughout this match. I'm like, what happened to the point where he ha- he just got fat and had a big ass and shit? Like, did <laughs> did did like he just not get pushed enough? And he's like, all right, I'm I'm just gonna eat now. And then, Maybe. and then, like he's like, uh, Vince is like, you're fat. I want you to put your ass in people's faces. And like, <laughs> well, he went through several gimmicks until he got to that point. Because mm-hmm. he was like the Sultan, <laughs> and then he was like Fatu, who was like a happy rapper dude or some shit. I don't know. It was it was weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what do you have to say about this match? Because all I have written down um, is that. The head shrinkers, like throughout the whole match, had that ring cut to half, uh, pretty much. Uh, And Scott rammed, he got rammed into the fucking ring post. Uh, Steiner Bros were doing all the top rope moves to kind of get the crowd going a little bit. Um, I mean, they had to follow up that that great match, by the way, Um, which it kind of hurts them a little bit, (laughs) but. I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, what do you have to say about this? I think they did they did a good job. For me personally, I liked this match better. Actually, oh really? Uh, I just thought it was a better match. But it helped that it didn't have like a weird finish, though. Mm-hmm. You know, if this ha- if this match also had a weird finish, I probably graded it the same. Uh, but this team worked together well. I like the head shrinkers more of what I've seen them so far. I like seeing Rikishi when he's young and he's in shape and shit. He's fucking awesome at this size. Yes. Um, he's doing like he can jump off the fucking top rope and shit, and he he can do all kinds of like fucking flying, spinning wheel kicks and just crazy stuff you're not used to seeing him do. Um, Scott, it's kind of funny because this is what's interesting about the Steiners is like both of those guys can be the guy that gets the at their ass kicked. Like throughout the whole match, mm-hmm. usually it's Scott, but sometimes they switch it up and it's Rick. Um, <laughs> but at this time it was Scott. He 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 took an ass kicking for a while. Yeah, like Fatu and Samu were like they were running his head to the post, fucking running him into the, the post with his shoulder, throwing him outside, slamming him outside. <laughs> and then you had Rick come in and do the Steiner liner. Where he's just fucking clotheslining everybody. I think that's something Jr. used to call it when they were in WCW. They were in Jim Crockett Promotions. He used to call it the Steiner Liner. <laughs> the Steiners are clotheslining you, so it's it hurts more. I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I I thought of it like a train, and like he's just choo chewing along with the clotheslines because that's what he kept on doing. So every time they got up, he he just hit a clothesline. Oh. Uh. I'll say choo choo. You remind me of Braun Strowman. <laughs> fucking awful shit he does now. Fuck, fuck that guy. <laughs> Where did that come from? He's so <laughs> he's so terrible, man. And I don't know if it's because of creative or he's just being like, I guess I'm just gonna collect a paycheck and be stupid. Anyway, let's move along. <laughs> let's move on to good, better wrestling. <laughs> Um, man, there's that spot where, like, they, they were still working on Scott at this point. He kind of starts to make a little bit of a comeback here. He does that double arm suplex deal. Mm-hmm. He throws you. But then, like, 
he's in here at Samu at this point. Samu gets back up. He starts working him over again. He throws him in the ropes. And then he picks him up when he comes at him like he's going to do a flapjack. And he just dumps his ass out of the ring head first. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I thought that was like like they overshot it or something. Like he was supposed to fall at more of a safer angle than what he did. Mm-hmm. And, and then Afa hits him with that fucking kendo stick outside. It sounded awful. <laughs> made, that's probably the loudest kendo stick shot I've ever heard. Yeah, and like you actually hear the audible of like everybody in that. Uh, I won't say arena because it's literally out in like a parking lot. But uh, uh, they go ooh, yeah, like, oh, and then like that's what I said. I was like, oh fuck! Like I said, oh fuck twice within ten seconds. Because <laughs> what people don't understand is like during this time in WWF, like it's not attitude error. It's not like we're like fucking kendo sticks and garbage cans and fucking uh chairs are just being struck in the head like when they when they do a spot like this it's supposed to be crazy like oh yeah. my oh my god you hit him with a foreign object and not even just not even that just the spot the way scott flew out of the ring mm-hmm. you don't even see shit like that almost at all i mm-hmm. mean at this point in time like a table bump is like a big deal like when somebody goes through a table yeah uh, which we haven't really seen that yet, uh, I don't think, at this point in time. But it's coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, all the work the Head Shrinkers does, like working over Scott, was great. You know, they hit super kicks and flying headbutts and all kinds of good moves. But Scott finally gets a tag. He gets the hot tag. Mm-hmm. When Samu goes for a top rope flying headbutt, and he gets some fucking air when he does it. Miss though, Scott tags Rick. Rick comes in. He's slamming and Steiner lining and shit. He tries to do a double headbutt with both of them, mm-hmm. and it's like he does it. It has no effect, and they double headbutt him. That made me laugh. Yeah, because it's like, like he didn't like it's a Samoans. You can't headbutt Samoans. It has no effect. Like they're fucking <laughs> Pokemon's and shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, at this point in time, it's still like if you're a Samoan wrestler, you're still like a crazy savage. yeah you're, you're a crazy savage because he was saying shit like man they they just hang out in the jungle and they fight each other they fight everybody they love it <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay like uh, that's where it was at um the the finish was cool uh they set up rick for like a doomsday device deal mm-hmm. and some move flies off the top rope but rick reverses it into a power slam from that i've never seen that before mm-hmm. i was like holy shit and then fatu breaks up the tag the, not the tag the cover he throws rick out but when he throws rick out scott tags him and that counted yeah that and was that was a little weird because he was it like was because he was like outside the ring and he tagged him you could still do that like the tag the way the tag rules worked on like wwf tv changed a couple times mm-hmm. and at this point it was still kind of loose like they still wanted to do that thing where you had to hang on to the tag rope and their tag rope was a little longer than others mm-hmm. but like they wouldn't do that thing where it's like oh you have to face the guy and tag you could you could tag a guy on the back when he's running by or something at that point um i know jim Cornette fucking hates that when people do the back slap tag thing i don't really mind it that much <laughs> I just thought it was weird because, like, this is when, like, they cared about the rules and you have to be, like, on the other side and you have to, like, 
And then you switch. He had his rope. The yeah. T- the, the, the WWF tag rope, tag rope is just longer, though. Um, but when he gets in, he uh, hits a belly belly and fought to he tries to cover him, but it gets broke up. And then Rick and Samu go back fighting outside. And then Scott hits a Frankensteiner, but it's like kind of messed up a little bit. Yeah. But he still pins him and he wins. They, he, they win. He he hits it like an RKO. Like it's out of nowhere. <laughs> like I I'll, I was watching it and I'm like, holy shit, a Frankenstein out of nowhere. And like, That's the way Scott would do it. Yeah. And then uh, I was, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but I was like, holy shit. I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. And I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Cool. cool. I, just, I just thought both these teams work good together. I like watching the Steiners. They're fun. So, Yeah, I will say WWF has a better tag team roster than uh, uh, WCW Saturday night. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, mean Gene interviews Doink the Clown, um, mm-hmm. which... Doink gets angry at Mean Gene because he's like, you know, you're kind of being a pest and all that stuff. And he's like getting angry. And he's like, I'll show you what I'll do to crush in the ring. And we go to the match. Uh, You forgot, though, he defaced the statue of Julius Caesar. Oh, yeah, which it kind of because I was like, wow, uh, the first Batman came out, right? 1989. yeah, this is 1993, so... Yeah, so I was like, it looks Joker-ish. So I was like, I have a feeling like maybe they watched the Batman movie and they're just like, oh, let's just do the Julius Caesar. Even though it was like a clown, but like it still had the Joker smile to it. He also squirted water in Mean Gene's face and ran away laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like Mean Gene because like I can't tell if he's actually annoyed or like he's playing it up because there's a point uh there was one interview where mean she's like put that cigarette out <laughs> or like when the SummerSlam sign falls behind him and he's like trying to interview rick rude bobby heenan and just says fuck it <laughs> they, they cut off the whole segment because of that yeah. <laughs> i i love mean gene he's great when it comes to that mic work because i i don't know if it was this one or another interview but like He's telling somebody, like, get away! <laughs> like, something like that. I think it was Doink the Clown. It's like, get out of here! What are you doing? <laughs> this is an interview. <laughs> but, uh... Crush voice versus Doink. Now, remember... Voices Doink! <laughs> Voices Doink uh, versus Doink the Clown. And I gotta admit, they pushed this match for WrestleMania. Like, we were seeing it every week on Raw. Um, the build-up for this started in January. Yeah. Over this, it's like because Doink beat up Crush with a dummy arm, mm-hmm. and I have to admit, I like the finish to this match because it was funny, and um, this is where like the storyline of the multiple Doinks come out of nowhere now. Yeah. Um, but the overall match I didn't like at all. I thought Doink did really well. I don't think Crush did really well. Um, now, I understand Crush is mad at Doink because he's, you know, upsetting the kids, brah, uh, and all that stuff, and he, like, assaulted him with a, a fake arm. Um, but right away, Crush assaults Doink, like, in the match, in the beginning, like, literally throws him around the ring. He's uh, mad, brah. Yeah. Because... Bra, Doink squirted water at him, 
from outside and it, it pissed him off, bro. So he went out there and he started scoop slamming him and throwing him into everything and shit. Mm-hmm. Then, he thro- then he throws him back in the ring. And this is like where Crush to me starts kind of like not to me, it kind of exemplifies that maybe he's not real sure how this whole wrestling thing works entirely. <laughs> I think this is where Vince finds out, wow, we put this guy on the WrestleMania um, card. Because I, I wrote this down too. I was like, wow, Doink's strength is underrated because he lifts Crush and like slams him. Yeah. It wasn't like a struggle really either. He just kind of like, you know, made it look like, oh, he just picks him up and slams him. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously, Doink does really well heel work um, to the point where he's like, he's begging, like, don't hurt me and all this stuff. But then he like gets away and then he does like the slams and stuff. Um, he laughs. He laughs while he's in pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like that the face um, makeup was going away because obviously they're in the heat and stuff, uh, which I kind of like. Even though he didn't do it on purpose, but I kind of like that. Like a little bit of the makeup was still covering his face a little bit, just a little, just a little bit. But you so say you didn't get like a full face reveal, um, but. I really, I, I was sitting at a 5.1, right, during this whole match. And then when, you know, they do the ref bump, and then all of a sudden the other Doink the Clown comes in and they do that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they laugh. Uh, and then I like, you know, obviously where, you know, he pins him, Doink wins. And then the other referee comes out and he's like, hey, hey, he's under the ring. And he's not there. I really like that. So I, I actually bumped up the rating to a 5.7 because of Doink. So, <laughs> Well, for me, like I was saying, like Crush, I noticed when Crush was had advantage of the match at, at first, he was controlling it over Doink. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, this guy's a big guy. He's an angry baby face. He's getting his comeuppance. And I thought his offense was really fucking weird. For him to be this size, like the stuff he was doing, mm-hmm. like he should have been like just throwing doink around and using like power moves, but instead he was doing like weird stuff, like he was snap marrying him and fucking doing elbow shots, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. I thought for like what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I mean. But like I don't know if this crush guy knows how this wrestling thing works because he's like a really big guy. Why isn't he just tossing Doink around like fucking sag of shit? Um, well, yeah, when Doink takes back over, it starts to he starts to save it a little bit. He starts doing some axe handles. And he hits a power driver. Yep, which was cool. Um, it made me fucking hate though that the acoustics, like the the they were they're in an open air place, they couldn't really mic up the ring as good or something. Mm-hmm. I noticed during this whole pay per view, like the the impact for the moves didn't come across that good because you could barely hear anything when somebody hit the mat. Yeah. Uh, kind of sucked a little. Um, yeah. That spot though, like crush gets the coquina crush on that shit where he just tries to crush your head. I hate that move by the way. I don't think that's a good finish. The only guy I could believe that could do that would be people like giant Gonzalez, Andre, the giant ox, ox. No, he heart punches people. Oh yeah, that's right. 
Great Collie, even though Great Collie sucks, he's still huge. Mm-hmm. Big show. I don't know. But uh, not him, not Crush. Uh, but he, Doink's trying to get out of it, and he's in the ropes, and he elbows the referee, and he goes flying across the ring. He's dead. That's yeah. when the shit happens. A couple points during this match, Doink tries to crawl under the ring, but then he comes out, and he has nothing. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Because he does this twice before this point. Mm-hmm. And then this is the third time he does it, and he comes back up with nothing. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> Why does he keep going under the ring? And then finally, another doink shows up on the other side of the ring, and he's he's got the big dummy arm, the fake arm, and he hits he hits Crush with it. And then they do the thing, and they laugh, and Heenan's like, this is the greatest magic trick I've ever seen. He calls <laughs> it an illusion, by the way. It's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like the referee, because the, the theme, the th- it felt like the theme throughout this whole pay per view is like the referee is getting fucking assaulted throughout this whole pay per view. <laughs> the referees, yeah. they earned their pay on this one. Yeah, and like they were oh, always like a second referee would come out like, "Hey, man, you just got assaulted, and this guy did this," and like. <laughs> some things happen and some things don't like this one. They like, I feel like if there was another doink under the ring that they would be like, Hey, you know, this doesn't count. That's not a win or something like that. But obviously they have to show like this, these doink clowns, they disappear and all that stuff. And they show up when they want to. Apparently Uh, it was an illusion. Yeah. Bobby Heenan (laughs) was right. And macho man is like, it's not great. Oh God, I forgot what he said, but he was like, like "There's two people, man. I saw them with my <laughs> own eyes. Yeah, there wasn't no illusion." <laughs> but but uh, Doink pins him from the dummy arm assault, and that's it. And this was just okay to me. Uh, I like heel Doink. Crush doesn't work good with him, though. I don't think the, these guys had chemistry. I know. I I think. What Vince probably saw out of this is I could work with Doink. I can't work with Crush. Crush is just going to have to be a guy that comes in and, you know, uh, hypes up the the raw crowd or something. He gets more mileage out of Doink than Crush. Yes. After this point, anyway. Yeah, his gimmick changes and Matt Bourne stops playing Doink at some point, but mm-hmm. he still does. Crush doesn't fucking become anything. Uh, I gave this a 5 out of 10 just because it it was so awkward, but Doink made it watchable, and the ending was amusing. Yeah, I think I just went off of, like, uh, Doink amusing me in entertainment. I think you're going to hate, not hate, uh, that's a strong word. I think we're going to have different different opinions about the next match, because obviously, I like Razor Ramon, right? Everybody likes Chico. it. Yeah, Chico, bad boy. Oh, uh, yeah, I love Razor. But Bob Backlund... Is not crazy yet, even though he he does like look crazy. <laughs> um, he looks like a man out of time. Yeah, this is fucking weird. I never heard, this match was not built at all unless it was on a different show. Yeah, unless they started some shit on Superstars. Yeah, because I was like, wow, this is weird. I don't remember this being on the WrestleMania uh, things that they were doing during the Raw show. Yeah. So I was like surprised. I was like, "Huh, maybe this might be a good match." I I I can't, I don't find Bob Backlund good at all, and it's because it's like Razor Ramon during that time. It's like New Age versus Old Age. 
and the old age was just boring me. And I don't think Razor could have saved this match. Uh, I just didn't like it. I, I I gave it an okay. I gave it a five out of ten. But like, I have really nothing to say about this match. What do you have to say? Okay. I do want to say before I get in this match, there was a spot where Todd Pettengill was out there talking to rowdy fans. And he uh, was trying to talk to Japanese photographers or something. Yeah. He's like, what do you got? Did you guys see two doinks? And they both don't fucking understand him. <laughs> they both say, like one dude says, Caesar's Palace, number one. Then the other one just laughs at him. And then he tries to ask about Yokozuna. And he's like, Yokozuna, number one. And he's like, all right, back to you guys. Whoa, there's a bunch of beer out here. This is awesome. <laughs> I have a feeling like Vince, Vince went on the headset and be like, don't be funny. Get those. Oh, my God. I almost said something bad. Get those Asian people on camera. Make them say something funny. And he's like, who do you think's going to win? Yoko or Brett? Yoko number one. Yoko number one. <laughs> Hogan says something bad later, brother. Not really, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> but a big surprise there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw like Razor Remote coming out. I'm like, all right, all right, Razor, okay. And then it was Bob Backlund, and I was like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, I don't hate Backlund because I recognize he's technically skilled, but this. And I think they had this match before. Remember the Raw where they had the snowstorm and they had like a skeleton crew? Mm-hmm. The Backlund and Razor had a match on that show. And it was okay. It was this all right. One was, this one was worse. I don't know why either because it was like, it wasn't that long. It was just a few minutes. But this is this is just highlights the difference here. Like Razor comes out and he's got his entrance and he's being cool and he's doing the Chico and the fucking toothpick and ooh. And then Bob Backlund comes out and like a fucking blazer, like a like a fucking windbreaker, looking goofy as hell, and he has no music and he's all smiling and shit. Mm-hmm. And he stands across the ring from Razor and he's doing that thing. And then fucking Bobby Heenan calls him fucking Opie from the Andy Griffith show because he looks like it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, dude, this is not doing Bob Backlund any favors. He looks like a total fucking dork standing across from Razor Ramon. And he did he did the fucking handshake thing. And that's when he did the toothpick thing. Razor toothpick. Uh, get out of here. You know, I was like, there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what this is what got me though. After that, the crowd started chanting for Razor. Yeah. The cause, heel. Because Bob Backlund's weird, dude. Like I Yeah. It, it's like it's like Vince is like, Bob, I'll get you a match. You know, you're a good guy and everything. But, like, this is 1993. Nobody wants 1950, uh, 1960s and 70s wrestling style anymore. I'll tell you something about Bob Backlund that, that, that's interesting. Uh, I found out a little bit more about him just listening to my typical podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, when Bob was WWF champion, it was like – the early 80s it was like from 80 81 82 83 like around there and this is like after bruno's had like his big run and stuff and bruno's done and him and wwf are on the outs right now i think uh and apparently when bob was wwf champion like people weren't really into it that much uh and that's back when the observer was new you know, Dave Meltzer's fucking newsletter. Ugh, okay. Like, there were people, I, what are you going to say about Dave? Dave is just fucking, he, everybody despised him, but I, I digress. Because 
He's a dirt sheet like guy. Yeah. I mean, like I, I get it. Dave used to be like, used to be is a key word. He used to give out like good information and stuff, and he would try to correct shit when he was wrong. Mm. But now he's just a fucking shill for AEW. Like he's fighting people on Twitter and trying to he interjects himself to talk about AEW shit and try to like take up for his fucking his little buddies that are just taking advantage of him. In I, my opinion, I bet you he uh, defended the Sparkles when the Pro- probably. I think he half-assed did, but he half-assed said it sucked too. Mm-hmm. Like it was more like, oh, it was a disappointment instead of really taking it down like how he should have. Yeah, but I don't. It's Dave. Let's talk about good things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the newsletter, the, the Observer back then, people would write in and say, Bob Backlund fucking sucks. Like, I, we need to get rid of him. <laughs> but uh, uh, that I just thought that was interesting to notice, that even back in his heyday when he was champion, people weren't really into it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, why do they keep making a big deal that Bob Backlund's 43? Like, why is that a thing? I don't know. Bob Backlund is 43 years old. It's like, so? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Some of these wrestlers that you see in the ring end up wrestling to 50. So, yeah, like, I mean, like, Macho Man's approaching 40 now. Like, what the fuck's this? Like, so's Hogan. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> Bob Backlund hits weird leg sweeps, and Razor comes back and he punches him a bunch, scoop slams him, makes him look like a fucking dork. Mm hmm. And then he comes back and he starts doing really awkward looking hip tosses. I don't know what happened there. He does like a shitty drop kick. I think there was like miscommunication, double arm suplex, a bad atomic drop. Yes. It was bad. It was rough. I don't know what the fuck happened, but like that whole string of offense just looked like shit. And it's weird because I know he's better than that. Mm -hmm. Technically it's just bizarre to me. Uh, he tries to do something else, then Razor just fucking gets an inside cradle and wins. He gets the three count. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I think one one on an inside cradle. I think Razor had enough. If I'm going to be real about this, I don't think this was a planned finish at all. I think maybe it was supposed to be a little bit longer, and I think Razor was, you know, eventually going to hit his finisher. But I think Razor's just like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm just gonna just gonna pin him, and that's it. I agree with you. I think he called an audible, said, fuck it, let's go home inside cradle. And he's, he did it. Mm. <laughs> I guess what happened, because he realized, like, dude, me being out here with Bob Backlund, no disrespect, I guess. Like, I'm getting fucking buried right now working with this guy and taking offense. Mm-hmm. I bet that's that's how he looked at it. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, they always go with this Bob Backlund's crazy. Ever since, like, after this stuff, like, even when he came back, as like, him still in suspenders and all that stuff. Uh, he's like, oh, there's crazy Bob Backlund with the chicken wing and all that stuff and, and Raw and all that stuff. And when he was, uh, wasn't he with Darren Young as like his uh, manager at some point? Yeah, they were going to make Darren Young great again. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's when like Trump was like running for office. So they did it. That was it. fucking funny. It was weird. It was funny. I, I've heard Bob Backlund is legit a weird guy, though. I heard one time he conducted an entire interview while doing a headstand. And he won't sign an autograph for you unless you can name all the presidents of the United States. <laughs> so apparently he's like, either it's a really well-worked gimmick or he is crazy. Probably is crazy. 
But I like when Bob Backlund has a psychotic break because he can't get over as a baby face and he turns into a heel or shortly around this time. That that that's when it's actually like kind of good. I wonder I wonder if like Vince is like, you're gonna go out there as a baby face and he's like actually has a mental breakdown in like real life. It's like, why is nobody like me? And he like Vince, you said they would like me. Why don't they like me? He's like, Well, pal, I don't know. It, I guess times have changed. And, <laughs> and then like blows a gasket. And then Vince sees him like freaking out. He's like, We're gonna use this. You're gonna be a heel, like a psychotic heel kind of person. And you're just gonna we're gonna go roll with it. And I guess I guess I can't wait to see that. And hopefully it's good. I have mem- I have fond memories of it. He actually made me like legitimately worried for Bret Hart. <laughs> so I gave this match a four point seventy five. Okay. Just because it was kind of shoddy, but like Razor was doing his best to hold it together, and it was short enough to not be terribly offensive. And we're back with Mean Gene and Money Inc. And uh, IRS man says he's going to take off the mask and beat him. Yeah, they talk shit about the mega morons, as IRS calls them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they allude to paying somebody to beat up Hulk Hogan. And this is supposed to explain how he has the black eye. Because Hogan very noticeably has a black eye during this. There's like the infamous picture of him holding the belt and pointing at it. And like he's got that goofy smile. And you can see like the big fucking shiner black eye he's got. Yeah. <laughs> like that whole thing was a black eye on WWF programming. It's just like really what it was. Did, uh, did we ever find out what that was? Like did he just somebody punch him or something did did brett punch him in the face knowing that or did yoko punch him knowing what the finish was gonna be oh no i know what really happened i'm getting ready to tell you okay would it so real quick before that they set up somebody says this i think it's the commentators they say brett was attacked by lex luger at a wrestlemania brunch and he was knocked out because the forearm he's got the plate in his forearm thing Mm mm-hmm and I was like, well, that's the first time I've ever heard that. So is that like how they're setting up? This is how Brett loses is because he got fucking knocked unconscious earlier today. <laughs> but anyway, the real story behind the Hogan black eye. Um, supposedly there is an urban legend that Macho Man punched Hulk Hogan in the, in the fucking eye, <laughs> which I could believe that. Now, Hogan said that he got it in a jet ski accident. Uh, and he needed like, he broke his orbital bone and he had like interior stitches, like stitches underneath his skin or some shit. Jeez. I'm like, I'm, I was like, okay. I don't see how he'd wrestle a match though. If he broke his fucking orbital bone, that doesn't make any sense. Unless Vince was like dying for, you know, what finish we're going to get later on. I guess, but Undertaker broke his orbital bone and he had to wear like a Phantom of the Opera mask just to wrestle. Mm -hmm. So I think Hogan's lying, especially because uh, the real truth of what happened, at least that I believe fucking came out, which was Jim Cornette said Macho Man punched Hulk Hogan in the face because he found out that fucking Elizabeth was uh, staying at their house, him and his wife's without telling anybody and Hogan didn't tell him that. Mm Mm-hmm. And he confronted him about it, so he punched Hogan in the fucking face. (laughs) 
And after hearing the Jim Ross story and everything and everything I know about Macho Man, I can believe it. I believe he would haul off and punch you in the face if he felt he had a good enough reason to do it. And <laughs> and Macho Macho Man was uh what do you call it, protective of his uh, you know, Miss Elizabeth, so Yeah. So I don't like, so I'm saying that's it because I don't think he really broke his orbital bone. Cause I don't think he'd fucking wrestle if he did. Cause that would be like a week out. How mm. do you break your damn orbital bone and have it tear your stitches and shit? And it just doesn't add up. Hogan's full of shit. He just didn't want to admit that he got his lights knocked out by Macho Man. Yep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Brutus Beefcake's mask looked really fucking cool though. I thought it reminded me of like the Ultimate Warrior. I don't know why, because the the thing, the shape of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now we got Money Inc. the champions against the Mega Maniacs for the World Tag Team Champions Championship. Hmm. Um. I'll t- I'll talk about a few things. So when Money Inc. is leaving, uh, they did another ref spot uh, where. Uh, was it uh fucking Hefner? Hefner. Herb um It was Earl or Dave Hefner. Yeah. He he pretty much made a stipulation. Is this the first time like a ref makes a stipulation of, like you better come back to the ring or you lose your belts? I, I've never seen that before. Oh, uh, that that kind of thing has happened before, I think. Uh but they say the commentary team quickly covers it up and say it was a Jack Tunney decision, you know. Okay. You know, something like that. Um, I wrote, it was weird seeing Hogan, like, bully a ref, by the way. He was, he was doing, like, heel tactics where he was, like, punching, uh, either IRS or Ted DiBiase, and, like, he was obviously going over the 10, uh, mark, and he would get down and he would push the referee, and then he would, like, put up a fist to kind of, like, punch him. What a heel would do, like, you know, get away from me and all that stuff. And he did it multiple times. I'm like, this is fucking weird, dude. Like, what is what is happening? Um, Sometimes Hogan's done that, though, in his career, like his whole WWF run where he, he'll be kind of weirdly heelish out of nowhere. Yeah. And it, it was annoying me. Um, but I also wrote uh when they were choking fucking Hogan with the fucking tag rope, I fucking loved it, dude. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. Like, every time they got offense on Hogan was great. Um, they spent two minutes choking Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> they just really did. That's what happened. Um, there was an atomic drop. I believe uh, Beefcake did that. To... That was a good one. Ted fucking bumped out of the ring and flipped outside. That was a good. That was a good atomic drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Beefcake was. Uh, he had some momentum, and then Ted DiBiase hits him with the suitcase in the back, and it takes him out of the um, equation. That's when they took off the mask and started punching him. I thought there was going to be some type of like some color showing at this point because yeah, you think yeah because like. They're taking off the mask that's protecting his face, and they're just pounding on it. Like you would think they would uh, put some blood, but maybe this is too PG for this. I didn't like that mask gimmick where they set it up to where like, oh, he's immune to all head damage because he's wearing that protective face mask. Well, they called it titanium metal or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, what the? But it made it to where like you couldn't punch him. 
and you couldn't take a turnbuckle shot. The turnbuckle shot, I could understand, but like that doesn't cover his whole head. Like you could still punch him in the forehead, mm-hmm. but he would no sell a punch. And I was like, that's that's dumb. All right, I'm that's not shoddy. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say to finish. What's your points on this match? All right, so I'll be real. I did write several notes, but a lot of it isn't really breaking down the action of the match. It's just kind of comments about stuff they sort of do through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I already brought up the mask point. Um, I do want to note Hogan is still really over despite the position he's in right now. Yes. Um, like he got, when he got tagged in, that whole arena was like, like really. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hogan just punched the fuck out of DiBiase for like a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's punching the shit out of them. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they do that walk-off thing, and then they, they announce the, no, you got to come back. If you get counted out, you lose the title. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like the spot where Ted got the million-dollar dream in, and he almost choked Hogan out. But then, like, Bruce Beefcake comes in and puts Ted to sleeper and chokes him out. So they're both just laying there for being choked out. <laughs> That's kind of that was kind of funny. Um, let's see. I'm getting heat on beefcake. Uh, this is where it gets crazy. So like he gets sleeper and IRS. DB obviously does the axe handle. He knocks him, IRS, and the referee down in one shot. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's stretching a breath bump, I guess. But all right. And this is this is where it pisses me off, um, because like again, this feels like a heel tactic, right? Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Hart does a reversible fucking jacket. And now he has stripes and shit, so that makes him a referee. And he not to mention Hogan grabbing the 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 titanium mask and fucking hitting the heels with it. Yeah, and and you know he he does because both uh, Hogan and uh, Brutus fucking pin IRS man and Ted DiBiase, so they do like a double uh, pin. Yeah, and you hear the bell. I don't know if a bell rings because I think they wait because everybody's just like, "What the fuck? Why is Jimmy?" Yeah, they they didn't ring the bell, but Jimmy Hart goes down there. He reverses his jacket, referee stripes, and counts for both of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he gets the titles. Like, they hand him the fucking belts. I'd be like, no, you're not a referee. You're a manager. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I never pop so hard for a referee to come in when he says, no, you, you're not a referee. And then, like, they they uh, they, they say it's a DQ. And I kind of said, yes. I was like, this is a DQ. Because literally, uh, Hogan did a heel tactic. And... Jimmy Hart did something illegal, so like they deserve to be disqualified. This brings up a whole can of worms, though, about like, okay, so now they're watching the match and watching for when people hit people with objects and shit to get a DQ. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Ted hit fucking Brutus with the beef, the briefcase earlier. I almost said the beefcase. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so it's like, oh, that didn't count. But I guess because it's Danny Davis, who remember he used to be like the shitty. Heel former referee that's a wrestler. Yeah. And I guess now he's he's retired from wrestling because he got his ass kicked so much and he's a referee again. And I guess they tried to make it like, oh, it's kind of heelish because remember Danny Davis? He was he was kind of an asshole. 
and I guess that was supposed to justify all this shit with like, oh, he called DQ for Money Inc. And it's okay if Hogan and Beefcake want to punch him and Jimmy Hart throws him out of the ring. Yeah, but it's kind of like you're making these mega maniacs, right? Hulk Hogan is supposed to be unstoppable, and Brutus Beefcake is, you know, supposed to ride the coattails of Hogan, right? To win, yeah. to win the titles and shit, like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're just like, why do you need the mask to hit somebody? I mean, you're Hulk Hogan, right? You're supposed to. You know, go you and do the the you know hulking up and stuff and ripping your shirt and doing the leg drop and everything, like that. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, that him doing that heel tactic kind of foreshadows on what he's going to be later on. Um, I'm no, I, I know, I I know it's not you know foreshadowing for real of what he's planning to do, but I'm just like. Hey, it kind he kind of fits it because he can't do it anymore. He's not the big steroid fuck anymore um yeah. to get things done. So I guess you have to go the you know the the bad way, the you know, the heel way. Um so I was like, ah, that's kind of interesting, but it's still kind of shitty because that means you can't beat Money Inc. You have to beat Money Inc by how they play the game by um cheating. And I don't think that makes it a good face. And I, I guess maybe this is where the audible happens because remember where I said they apparently become champs? I guess that was only for house th- thing to see if it would work. Um, and I guess they called an audible be like, all right, well, Hogan, you're going to get the you know title match, which we'll, we'll talk about later, which is really fucking stupid. Um, but... I didn't like the ending. Um, I thought the match was okay. I was actually giving it a 5.5, but the ending kind of pissed me off a little bit. <laughs> so I gave it a 5.2 out of 10. I got sort of bored of this match. Uh, maybe around halfway through it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just because this is... it felt It felt weird, this whole match did. It was like... The build-up, the way they were doing everything, this just felt like a mid-late 80s Saturday night main event fucking not good WrestleMania main event match. In term, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where it's, it, it's like the heels can't get enough offense in because it's Hogan, and they look almost like they can't beat him. Mm-hmm. But then, like... Hogan's cheap, you know, occasionally raked an eye or fucking choked a guy or something before. And sometimes he's done like an action that could be considered kind of heelish. But this is probably the most I've seen him do at once. Other than that time where he remember he pulled Sid out and eliminated him at the Royal Rumble. That was another one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? You put that was bullshit. Sid threw you out fair and square and you fucking threw. I hate that shit. I hate that fucking shit so much. Yeah. But, um, like, yeah, this is the most heel stuff I've seen Hogan do at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can even say some of the stuff he does later in the show is kind of heelish, too. And I'm not talking about the match, either. Yeah, well, um, to, to kind of bring up, even after the match, they do something weird. Like, I know what they were trying to do 
Because you're like, oh, uh, IRS man left his suitcase and stuff. What's in the suitcase? Oh, a brick? And I like what Bobby Heenan's like, because they're like, what are you going to do with a brick? And it's like, I forgot what Bobby Heenan said, but it was funny. Uh, It's like, it's an illusion. I think he called it illusion. It's like another illusion. I must have missed that. (laughs) He goes, oh, look, a brick, just like cheaters would do it. And and Bobby Heenan was like, it's another illusion. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, and then there was the tax forms, by the way. He's like, ugh, tax forms. And then there was, like, money. And, like, Hogan steals the money, which, again, that's kind of, I mean, they're heels, but, hey, that's his money. That's his property. He just stole money from IRS, man. You stole from the IRS. Yeah. You know what that means. Uh-oh, he's going to jail. Even the Joker won't take on the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just felt that segment was kind of weird. I thought this booking was weird, period, because it's like, well, I thought it's clear Hogan's still super over and everybody was into them. But, like, then they do this weird fuck finish and they don't want to give them the belts. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was the plan the whole time was they were going to get the belts. Legitimately. Like, I didn't look anything up or anything like that. Yeah, and because um, like I said, I remember I remember telling you that like they're gonna get the belts and do a house show and then drop it at some point. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, and then yeah, like you were saying, this is weird. This phase heel dynamic, mm-hmm. strange. I don't get it. I, uh, I like I said, I think Vince threw an audible. Where he's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to give a belt for Beefcake. Like, he's not that much of a draw, and. He's not without Hogan. Yeah, not without Hogan. And like the last time he was famous is when Shawn Michaels put Marty Jannetty through the the glass. That's about it. Which is just a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say what I think they were trying to get across was like sometimes they want the baby face to get his come up and so if like the heel cheats a bunch, mm-hmm. and then he'll grab the whatever the bullshit is that he's cheating with, or he'll use his tactic once to get a get one up on him and get get him back mm-hmm. but that just wasn't portrayed correctly in this match i think uh it felt like it was just to gain advantage not to get revenge you know what i'm saying yeah um i gave us a 4.5 out of 10 because I, like i said i got bored of the match and it felt like out of time it feels like shit i should be watching on wwf tv like eight years ago it was too long point. It was, and it was too long. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna change mine. I'm gonna go four point seven five out of ten for that because you started bringing up some good points, and I I think the ending and what happened with the faces is kind of just telling that it, they didn't know what they were doing. I hate seeing Ted have to work like this even after so long and doing it for Hogan and stuff, that's another thing that bothers me because Ted's a great worker Mm -hmm. and you can tell just, I mean, you can't really tell that much based on him wrestling Hogan, but like the way he bumps and stuff, I hate that he had to spend so much time losing to Hogan and shit. Now he's back here doing it again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's just a personal gripe. Anyways, we get that interview with the Caesar Palace person where he looked awkward talking to him, by the way. And then Todd Pettengill wanted to, like, embrace him. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, really strange. It felt it felt like 
he he was like a rich snob person, like, uh, don't touch me, you peasant. Because that's how it felt like he was talking to him. He's like, I don't know, I'm not going to give you a free room just because you work with the WWE. I mean, do you want Todd Pettengill to touch you, though? No. You were just talking about how annoying he was. Maybe he was annoying to him. Maybe. Because <laughs> there was points where Todd was, like, getting in his face. He's, like, getting really uncomfortably close to him and shit. Like, it's like... And then he's, like, yeah. backing up a little bit. But I don't know. <laughs> that was just a small thing. Then we got another Mean Gene interview with Mr. Perfect. And Mr. Perfect is... I... I... It saddens me that uh, Mr. Perfect never got a, a World Heavyweight Championship, in my opinion. It does, Yeah, he's one of those guys you feel like they really deserve to have one. He was going to have one because he was going to win a Royal Rumble one time. Mm. And then Hulk Hogan brother politicked him out of it. God damn it. <laughs> but, um, I like this interview. It wasn't especially good, but it was like, you can feel like this is fun. Mm-hmm. Apparently Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect had quite the reputation as being somebody fun to be around backstage. And he liked to rib people a lot. So I think this kind of came across in the interview because the way Mean Gene was interacting with him. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, we had a hell of a time at Crab's table. I'm going to follow you there next time. <laughs> just made me think about stuff like that. But um, he was kind of just talking shit about Luger somewhat. And then he was he started flubbing his line. He was trying to call him the narcissist, but he called him Luger. And he tried to say Lex Luger, and he fucked that up too. He fucked up like three times in a row, and he just laughs. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going out there right now. And he was just done. <laughs> I, I, I think he... Because I have a hard time saying the narcissist because it's weird to fucking say. Uh, I, I just call them that now on purpose, the narcissist, because they fucked it up too. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's just like, I'm just going to call him Lex. And I I guarantee sometimes, I, I wonder if anybody made a mistake and like called him Lex Luthor, like uh, the fucking Superman villain and shit. Because I do that sometimes. But it's Luthor. Luthor, there you go. Luthor's, oh my god. Anyway, um, so we have we have Narcissus, a.k.a. Lex Luger, versus Mr. Perfect. Um, Lex, Lex Luger's entrance was awesome. With the lady. He had, like, a bunch of hot chicks come out with him carrying mirrors. I was, <laughs> I was waiting to see, like, a fat lady. But, god, this isn't raw. I know. <laughs> but, uh... I I found this odd because like the hot ladies were going past Mr. Perfect and Mr. Perfect kind of like Ugh, like get away from me and all that stuff. Like I think he was just like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like he like he was Mr. Perfect it, likes to hang out with classy women. You <laughs> yeah. see, you've seen that, right? Yes. These these are these dames are just in fucking thongs and bikinis, wearing fish nets. Yeah, he's just like this is like low class. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I understand Mr. Perfect. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I need a high-class broad like Lady D, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Heenan was, like, fucking coming every time Narcissus was coming out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man, that one on the on the end, man, she was winking at me in the casino last night. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Jim Ross, <laughs> he was funny, too. He was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this, and I've been to 12 rodeos. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I think we we keep making fun of his name, the narcissist, and 
I was going to say during this match, I think they decided or like for over WrestleMania, Vince is like, fuck it. The narcissist, damn it. The nar that's too hard to say. So we're going to start calling him Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and because they, they, that's when they start calling him Luger and Lex Luger and stuff is around this time. Yeah, this was a this was a good match. Um, yeah, uh, I I thought they did pretty well. Lex was like the big strong guy, and I felt like uh, with Mister Perfect, he was the middleweight. Just he was out. He was out wrestling him. Yeah, and uh, I like when uh, I have to say this: Mister Perfect is so smooth when he's doing all his wrestling moves. I mean, obviously he's called Mister Perfect, but when he's running the ring, dude oh. is silky smooth. Like few few can match up to how he he moves around the ring for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Mister Perfect was fucking up Lex's knee. Um, Lex trying to do the dirty pin. Uh, this is where the ref is like, "Hey, don't do that," and all that stuff. Um, Lex lunges into the. I have to admit, Lex's lunge when uh, you know, when he is on the ground and he like throws him into the the turnbuckle. Lex is the only one that like bashes his head into the turnbuckle. The everybody else they always like go over and they hit the metal post, but he hits the turnbuckle. Yeah, and he says "oh," he says "oh" like that. Yeah, and that's another thing I want to bring up because I told you on the Facebook Messenger that he his his hitting and being hit is always oof, 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 oof. I I don't I don't even mind that. I just think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Mister Perfect has a great uh, drop kick from the top rope that looks yeah. really good. Um. And then obviously we got the the finish. Uh, made both look strong. Lex pins him. Referee doesn't see uh, Mister Perfect's feet on the 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 ropes, and gives the win to Lex. But also makes Mister Perfect look strong and angry. <laughs> Until Lex knocks him out after the match is over. Yes, but uh. I don't really have much else to say about it. You kind of covered most of it. Uh, like, I like when Perfect had the pace of the match in his corner in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, he started picking the pace up, hit that gut punch, that knee lift, he put on a headlock, and he does that up and over shit where, you know, where a guy jumps down, he jumps over, he runs across, he just drop kicks him, like, real smoothly from that transition. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um Luger looked good here. He was working Mr. Perfect's back. He threw him in the turnbuckle. And first time, he just kind of bounced out kind of hard. The second time, he did that thing where he flips out of the turnbuckle. Perfect. And he started working his back. And it was like, oh, okay. See, they bring up Mr. Perfect came off a back injury not too long ago. Um, You mentioned the thing where he tried to pin him in the ropes. The ref caught it. (laughs) Mr. Perfect hit a big sunset flip. He like jumped way high. And got it. And I was like, that was that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they do the backslide thing. He's trying to get Luger in a backslide. Luger kind of reverses it, and yeah, the ref doesn't catch it. And cheese. It felt like they were fairly even matched, but you get the feeling that Luger might have lost because Perfect's just a better wrestler. That's that's what I got out of it. Yeah, like he had to cheat to get the win because he was about to get winded and probably lose. 
Uh, and that's how, you know, he pretty much did it and uh, got the win. Um, I have to say this because after, like, Mr. Perfect comes in conscience, like he's coming back from being knocked out. Yeah. He goes backstage and then, like, the camera crew follows him. Um, and he attacks his Lex, who's talking to Shawn Michaels. But then Shawn Michaels beats the shit out of Mr. Perfect. And I wrote, is this a possible feud? And I think so. Yeah. Because uh, he was, t- well, he, he interrupted his, he was talking to his friend. Mm-hmm. This guy starts punching him. So he's like, hey, fuck you. So he grabs a trash can and starts hitting him with like a broom and shit. Yeah, I, I liked seeing that because Sean's like, hey, stop it. Stop bullying my friend. <laughs> the narcissist. I was talking, Narciss- I was talking to Lex. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, this is where Macho Man is gonna like punch Bobby Heenan because it, I guess like Bobby Heenan said something and I was Macho Man and Mister Perfect friends like in characters at all. I'm pretty sure they were friends in real life, but they're trying to because they're both baby faces now and shit, and they've kind of mellowed out. They're a little older. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was like Macho Man really respects Mister Perfect, and he was pissed because. Luger cheated to beat him and he knocked him out after the match and that, that made him mad. And then they beat him up backstage and that made him more mad. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Bobby he is, was talking shit the whole time because he's all on Lex Luger's dick, which, which I still think is hilarious. <laughs> he said some shit like, like Mr. Perfect put him in a sleeper. And he's like, see, I told Mr. Perfect how to counter the sleeper. I taught him that move. I taught him everything about it. But when I told Lex... Now, Mr. Perfect does a sleeper. He told me, don't worry about it. I know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just shit like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he was riding, you know, riding him. And then Macho Man gets up and is like, why don't you shut up, man? <laughs> like, he was wanting to fight him right there. And then, like, it was, it felt like he was about to lose control. And the crowd started, like, getting into it when they saw Macho Man get up and he looked mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like- and then JR's like, guys, we need to get along. We got to. We got we got another match to call. Settle down. <laughs> and then they pass it off to Gorilla Monsoon, who talks about Taker and Giant Gonzalez. Yes. Um, what did you score the match though? Oh yeah, shit. Uh, five point eight out of ten. Okay, I gave it a six point five. Okay. It was pretty good. It felt like a little bit like a Raw match though. Like we want to put on a, a decent match for Raw. Yeah, but if I had to choose to, like, cut a match that needed to not be here, I would probably cut, like, Roman, uh, Roman, my God, Razor Ramon. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Razor Ramon and... Backland. And, and Backland and possibly Doink and Crush. And give this match more time or something? Yes. Yeah, give a couple matches more time? Yeah, I would. Because <laughs> um, I, I think those guys would have... I may, maybe I don't know. I don't know if Lex was probably running out of uh, if he was getting uh, what's that word? Winded. Winded. Yeah. So uh, no, Lex is capable of having long matches. Uh, he, you wrestle Ric Flair, you're going to have a long match. Yes. So and he's done that before. He's wrestled Sting in the longer matches. He can do it. Hmm. Um, I feel like after this point. This is where the pay-per-view goes downhill. Yeah. Now, I will say real quick, Brett and Yoko had a pretty good match. Yes. You know, there's nothing wrong with what they did. It's just shit that happens after. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Giant Gonzalez and Taker match was not cool at all. The only thing was cool was Taker's entrance. Yeah, he had the crow and shit. That was cool. The uh, the Vulcan? The, the no, the, the buzzard or the vulture. Vulture. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. Said crow. What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> um, I, uh, listen, Giant Gonzalez reminds me of the great Kali um, so badly. And Who's better? Great Kali, I have to say. I said Giant Gonzalez is better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. We're going to argue that point one day. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I understand Giant Gonzalez is a giant, so he's going to be slow. And I get it that they were trying to make it look like Giant Gonzalez is going to kill Taker, which he ends up kind of doing. But because he's a dead man, he comes back to life kind of thing. I'm not saying he yeah. ki- killed him, but he like, to the point of like, not uh, getting up. So that Don't was- worry. Undertaker dies later. <laughs> Pretty soon. I think 94. Mm-hmm. Little rumble, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> but I will admit, like the uh, when Taker did the old school was cool. Uh, when he did that to Giant Gonzalez, um, there was a point where he's like punching Giant Gonzalez, but then it became like a, I'm a giant, I'm gonna grab you, and I I just don't like that kind of matches. It's boring to me. Um. Now, if he was kind of, like, mobile in any way, or if he was doing more slams in any way, I would respect, but I just totally got out of it. And I'm going to say 3 out of 10 for me. All right. So, me, I thought this match was just barely okay. Mm. Barely. And... I remember before I, I said some stuff about Giant Gonzalez that was more positive, and I think I figured out why, what what it was. It, it was based off of stuff that happened in this match. Oh, uh, yeah? And I think it's because in short bursts, Giant Gonzalez looks kind of decent. Like, if he's not standing there having to do shit for, like, more than five minutes or something, mm-hmm. you know, trying to have, like, a wrestling match it looks okay because he's big and he can move kind of fast in short bursts. And sometimes when he does a, move, a couple moves, it looks good. Mm-hmm. But after that, it starts falling apart. The The illusion, the illusion starts to fall apart. Yeah. There, there's a point where I'm just like, wow, takers carrying him big time. He was trying. And he, even then, like he was giant Gonzalez is just so not made for the wrestling business that he can't carry him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want to say, because like, like I, I said, you know what, Giant Gonzalez would make a good enforcer or a bodyguard, but yeah. not a wrestler. Because like if Harvey Whippleman had like, because he's so, it's funny because he's so short, and he's got this dude who's like three of him. Yeah, you know it would be really intimidating. Now I understand why they did the match because it's like, wow, Giant Gonzalez is way taller than Taker. Uh, this is going to be a spectacle because Taker's a tall dude, and now you have Giant Gonzalez, which is a tall dude. But imagine if, like, Paul Bearer uh, recruited Giant Gonzalez, part of the... And, like, you have Taker and Giant Gonzalez. Like, Giant Gonzalez is not a tag team partner, but he's just out there protecting people. I, I would make it to where, like, Giant Gonzalez 
horribly hurts Paul Bearer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, because like, he's just so enormous. And it's like, you've never seen anybody like that go after Paul Bearer. Nobody really goes after Paul Bearer anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's shocking. I mean, he did in this match. But it's it would be like, imagine if they were doing a funeral parlor and like, Harvey Whippleman's there. He's got his bodyguard, Giant Gonzalez, because Harvey Whippleman's this short, tiny dude. And Harvey Whippleman's managing fucking, I don't know, Lex Luger. Is Harvey you know? Whippleman supposed to be Jewish, by the way? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not real sure. But, uh, you know, he manages Lex, but Harvey needs protection. And sometimes Giant Gonzalez also helps Lex Luger. You know? But then something happens, they get pissed, and then Giant Gonzalez grabs Paul Bearer and chokes the life out of him. Mm-hmm. Or throws him through, like, a fucking casket or some shit. I don't know. Imagine how crazy that would look. You know? And in a role like that, he would be pretty good, I think. Yeah. Uh, but in a match, he seems really awkward, and it seems like he gets confused about where he needs to be. Yes. Because I, I noticed that a lot. Like, Undertaker was, like, when he'd go on offense... And Gonzalez is like kind of selling, and he's like a really big guy, so he shouldn't sell that much. But even his "I'm a giant" selling is not very good because sometimes it's like, Ugh, and he like kind of recoils. Then sometimes he goes Ugh, and he turns this way, and then Taker's like tapping him on the shoulder, like, "Hey, brother, hey!" Like he's trying to get him to turn back around so he can keep laying into him. Mm. <laughs> he's not listening, <laughs> and then like he kind of awkwardly does the old school. He's not really in the right spot, but Taker does it anyway, and it just looks really awkward. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think Taker needs to write a book? Yes, I think that would be great. I mean, oh yeah, he did this whole the last ride shit last year, and that was cool. And but it was more about like stuff that he was doing like these last five years or something. Uh, I I've said several times over the past several years like man when undertaker writes a book that's going to be super interesting yeah because i want to hear his story about this match yeah imagine all the stories he has to tell because he got saddled with like a bunch of really shitty feuds for a while and this is one of them Mm -hmm. and like it it was really like at first his first program when he was the undertaker was against hulk hogan and that was cool Mm mm-hmm he kind of beat Hogan at that Survivor Series, and that was, like, unheard of, you know? Yeah, because he's the dead man, so... Yeah, like, at that time, it was cool, but, like, now, it's, like, a year later, or whatever it is now, and he's having a shitty match with this barely immobile guy, or this barely mobile guy, and um, he's going to keep having these feuds with these awkward opponents that he can't really work with for a while. Um, my friend Steve in the chat says WrestleMania 9, that was the outdoor one. Yeah, it was in Caesar's Palace. Yeah. The site of WrestleMania. You know. Yeah, and I think that was the last time they did uh, open door, like uh, in the parking lot, because they had to construct that area to be like an arena type of thing because it was in the Coliseum. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until Taker wrestles. Mankind, like in '96, mm-hmm. like he he requested to work with Mick Foley. He was like, "I want to work with him because I, I think me and him can do some stuff together." Please let me work with him. Is like what he said. <laughs> so that, that that lets you know how long he has to do this shit for. 
And then that's when Mick Foley told him to throw me off the top of the ring. And he was like, what? <laughs> oh, well they, well, they have a couple matches, you know, over the years. And then, yeah, 98, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when they had the uh, boiler room match and all that shit. Um, mm-hmm. um, what else was I going to say? Uh, not much. There's the, 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 the ending is also weird. Uh, Taker picks up Harvey Whippleman. He's like on the apron trying to distract or do something. Mm-hmm. And he picks him up and he starts choking him, like doing that shit where the big guy holds you up and you're choking. And Harvey Whippleman throws a rag in the ring and Gonzalez picks it up. And then when Taker turns back around, he just shoves it in his face and he's holding the rag at him. And yeah, that's what I want to bring up too. Like, that's a foreign object, right? And they made comments that you could smell the chlor from from the uh, announcing table. That must be fucked on chlor for him. Like, th- wouldn't the referee be like, "All right, I need to stop this match because that's illegal," right? Is chloroform illegal? Well, it's. it's <laughs> I mean, it's a foreign object. I mean, he didn't strike him with a foreign object. I guess he had me there. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you get a baseball bat, you hit a guy or a chair, or you know, you choke him. Did he didn't choke him? He didn't strike him. I guess this is like Mr. Sacco in a way, right? Yeah, it's like a weird gray area. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Bianca Belair's hair. Is that legal? It's part of her, Mm -hmm. but she has a weapon. That's kind of cool, though. (laughs) It's a whip too, but uh. So I guess this kind of kills Taker because he like falls asleep and uh, they say he's dead. Macho Man's like, I think if you get enough of that, you could kill a man, brother. Mm-hmm. He fucking says that. I'm like, I don't know about that, Macho Man. But okay. Yeah. So, so they cart him off backstage, and like every like referees are coming, and like Giant Gonzalez is like killing everybody. Uh, he's killing referees. Yeah. And, like, Taker comes out, and they're like, oh, my God, he's back. He's back from the dead. Taker comes and beats the shit out of uh, Giant Gonzalez. And, I don't know, it's weird. I I didn't like it. That whole feud was just stupid. I don't think it's over. Oh, there's more? I think there's more. Oh. I think this goes to SummerSlam. I'm not joking. I was going to say, you said, oh, are they setting up Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect? Yeah, Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect have a match at SummerSlam. Uh, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I didn't really like this either. I gave it a 3.75. I gave it a 3 uh, out of 10. Part of that is just because Taker and sometimes they did utilize Giant Gonzalez well in parts of the match or like, you know, when he was maiming referees that are like a third of his size and shit mm-hmm. that looked good uh or when he killed paul bear again you never see anybody strike paul bear he headbutted paul bear and fucking killed him <laughs> so uh i like and this there's other things about this match that i did like like uh undertaker is uh more desperate and he's trying harder to hurt somebody than what you've ever seen him do before in this match yeah and even, like, after he gets chloroformed and they wheel him back on a fucking stretcher, he comes back out just to knock Giant Gonzalez down. Because mm-hmm. that finish kind of sucks. You yeah. know, you got to do something to make up for that a little bit. 
Uh, and that, that seemed to work. The crowd was really into it when he came back out there and knocked him down with some clotheslines. Yeah, it, but, kind, of, it kind of made... Because Taker was technically the face of that. Yeah, but Undertaker's yeah. baby face at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, but, like... What am I trying to say? Like, Paul Bearer, it even looked like Paul Bearer couldn't really control him at this point. Like, he, it was hard for him to control Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You've never really seen that before. This has more to do with character development, I think, yeah. than the match itself. So that that's that's all the good I could get out of it was like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess. I just didn't like the whole thing. Uh, besides the entrance, the vulture and shit was cool. Um, all right, Mean Gene interviews Hogan. So what does Hogan have to say? You, I, I totally, every time Hogan speaks, I just go, I don't care. So Wow, brother, how do you not care about what the Hulkster has to say? Because Hogan is stupid at this point. Brother, <laughs> let me tell you something. Mean Gene conducts an interview with Hulk Hogan, and it's weirdly halfway about Bret Hart and putting him over, but at the same time, Hulk uses this opportunity to put himself over mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what i'm talking about where it's like this is another thing that kind of seems weirdly heelish and and he's putting out a challenge for whoever has the world title after this match i'm like why what have you done yeah to deserve that uh and it's like it was weird because i felt like he was using bret hart as like a a step ladder or something to put himself over mm-hmm. in, the, in this interview. Like he was trying to associate himself with Bret Hart, who's the champion, who's like arguably the big biggest baby face performer in the company right now. And he's, he's just using them. Um, and I don't know. I feel like after this was over, I'm like, why the fuck did Bret Hart not have an interview? Yeah. What the fuck? He's the one defending the title. Like, why? Why is Hogan talking about this? I mean, me knowing what the end is going to be about, I was like, "This is this is fucking stupid." When Hogan was it, that's why I kind of zoned out. I'm like, "Uh, like, why isn't Brett talking?" Like, I don't. It should have been either Brett or Yoko, like Mister Fuji, just talking, be like, you know. Eventually, what happens later on? Whoever wins, you know, I heard. Uh, a yellow man wants to get the title and <laughs> which, which by the way, Mr. Fuji calls Hulk Hogan, a, a, a yellow be- a belly or something like that. Yeah. But that's like, you call people that are cowards and shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like just having, Ho- he, he calls Yoko a Jap in this. Yes. I'm either going to face Bret Hart brother. Or I'm going to face the Jap. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Why Why is there this whole jingoism bullshit or surrounding Yoko Zuna at this point? I feel like it's really weird. I always felt, felt like this was odd because it's like they're trying to act like we're at war with Japan. This is almost like the thing with Cody and the British flag. Mm-hmm. But like at this point, no. Like at this point, we're like really good allies with Japan and stuff. And we're like we're good trade partners and shit. And we enjoy each other's stuff. It makes no sense. <laughs> I didn't think Vince just liked the whole America versus whatever country or whatever. Yeah, they try to make uh, the evil foreigner Yokozuna. I'm like, 
I don't think that's how that works like <laughs> right now. Uh, uh both both Brett and Yoko had good entrances. Um I always like the zoom in when like the cameraman comes into the entrance and then like Brett is just like slow, uh fast walking to the ring pretty much. He's determined to get to that ring and and defend his title. And Yoko is just slowly getting there cuz he's fat and also um <laughs> you know he has a Japanese flute music and all that stuff in the background. Fat! Yeah, <laughs> he's fat. Uh this match was good. Everything yeah. everything was good about this match. Brett uh Brett had a huge pop. Um The only thing I got to say was because Yoko's fat, <laughs> Brett was like having hard times like getting moves across sometimes. That's fine cuz you know you got to have a different match against a guy this big, but I feel like they came up with a way to have a good match. Yeah. Yoko had some good drop kicks or leg drops. By the way, Yoko's leg drops are fucking net. I would say it's more powerful than uh, Hogan's. Oh, yeah. That's what I always think, too. Because I'm like, what? I was always like, why is Hogan's finish the leg drop? It looks weird. And brother, that's how he fucked his back up, apparently. It was all those years of doing leg drops. Mm-hmm. When in Japan, his finisher used to be the axe bomber. You know that clothesline he does? Mm-hmm. When he does that clothesline, it does look really good. I'm like, why couldn't that have been his finish? Yeah, because every time Hogan drops, I'm like, eh, it's not powerful. But, like, when Yoko... I mean, obviously, Yoko is, like, huge. He's 500 fucking some pounds at this point. But fucking Brett sold that like he just broke his fucking neck. <laughs> no, he rolled away. And he was like, oh. <laughs> but, but I was like, yeah, like, Yoko's leg drop's great. And I even said that. Like, man, he should use that as a finisher, too. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes he has finished people with just the leg drop. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously it's killing people. Or he almost killed Brett, at least. Yeah. Uh, Yoko's super kicks are fucking cool. Um, he does that once in a while. He doesn't do it like how today is, where they do like a thousand of them, and it's a super kick party. But when yeah. when, when he does it, it's special. Um, and the last thing I want to bring up, because it's, it's pretty self-explanatory, um what happens in it they get to the point where you know obviously where it's gonna go and i think it's stupid but i like that brett was uh because the whole time he's like he's too they don't outright say it but like he's too fat to put the sharpshooter on <laughs> and like he he finally gets it and then mr fuji throws the rice in his uh his eyes or oh, salt salt whatever Wow, that's me being racist, I guess. Uh, <laughs> rice. <laughs> like a bird here. Ah, he fucked him up and he fell over. Yeah, uh, so like he throws the salt in the eye and uh, pretty much Yoko gets to win at that point. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Yes. And you would think this is a good ending. You have Yoko as champion. You want to go to Japan with a Japanese, well, a Japanese character as a, you know, going into Japan with the belt. This would bring a lot of people to arenas because, wow, a Japanese character is a world champion in WWF. But we'll get to that. What's your points about the match? Um, I like how it starts where Brett just runs at him and drop kicks him immediately. Mm-hmm. And he just starts trying to unload on him because it's like, okay, I figure 
I gotta just try to fight this guy as hard as I can. That's like gonna be my only chance to beat him. And they get that point across pretty well. And then y- Yoko finally hits a shoulder block and knocks Brett out of the fucking ring. Mm-hmm. That was that was great. And then Brett finds a way to take Yoko down off his feet really quick, which is usually a big selling point. They always try to get across with Yokozuna how hard it is to take him off of his feet. Mm-hmm. Brett kind of outsmarts him and pulls him pulls on his legs and causes him to lift the leg up and then he pulls him down and he gets him tied up in the ropes and he like leaps over the ropes to jump on him and just starts punching him in the face. Like it's like his turn to do a fight at this point. He starts, you know, he hits some elbows and stuff and uh, Yoko gets free and yeah, that's when he hits a couple moves and does like a humongous leg drop and almost kills him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he works on him a little bit more. Uh, and then he puts on the Oriental nerve hold. <laughs> Fucking love that. <laughs> Jim Ross calling it that. I mean, what is that? What do you call that anyway? Is you shove a thumb into somebody's neck, like Oriental nerve hold sounds good to me. Yep. Um, they do this bit where they fake you out a little bit. Yoko works Brett in the corner, and he throws him in, and he he's able to like dodge him. He tries this twice. The first time he like dodges him, and I think he just tries to get a sleeper hole or something, and he just they kind of fall over. Mm-hmm. He almost pins him off that, and then the second time he does it again, and then Brett goes for like a top rope bulldog, which is not really something you see all the time. Yep, and that he almost gets two again, and I think Brett hits a couple clotheslines from top rope and shit. Yoko does that thing I love when he does this when he takes a big hit, he starts teetering. Like that, whoa, whoa, he always makes it look good. Like he's, it's, he's trying to stay up and it's hard, but he could fall over and that would be terrible if he fell over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Brett runs the ropes and he, he, he hits a good flying clothesline and finally knocks him down. Do you watch OSW, yeah. old school wrestling on YouTube? Uh, I have seen a couple things they've done. So when they do the, like the whoa, they call it the aloha. <laughs> like they always do that. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets. I think so. Brett gets him in the corner. He starts punching him, and then at some point, uh, Yoko grabs him like he's trying to pull him off the turnbuckle away from him, and Brett's hanging on to the turnbuckle for dear life. Mm-hmm. And he, he pulls him so hard, he pulls the turnbuckle pad off and it exposes the ring. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, like, oh, God, somebody's going to hit the ring. Yoko tries to shove Brad in there, but he counters, throws his head into the ring. And that's when it enables him to get the sharpshooter on. And that leads to the finish where he gets the salt. Yeah. Um, the heel fucks over the babyface champion and gets the win. It was solid, but I felt it was cut short a little bit. You know, like, it felt like this match maybe should have been a little bit longer. Yes. <clears throat> maybe you could have cut some things. Well, they had to save it for you know what, which is stupid. Yeah. Oh, so what do you score the match at least? Six out of ten. I gave it 6.75 out of ten. Okay. So, like, I thought the match was good. And then all of a sudden, you know, because Yoko is starting to uh, beat up Brett after the match, after winning the title, Hogan comes to the ring. Brother. Uh, uh, Brother, brother. And, um... This is like he 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 saves Brett, you know, brings him out of the ring, and then then Mister Fuji gets onto the uh, microphone, 
pretty much calls Hogan a chicken. Or he says, he puts the challenge up, which, by the way, real stupid as a heel. You just won a championship at a WrestleMania. Why are you offering a challenge to Hulk Hogan? Brother. Yokozuna's invincible. He's been undefeated. Yeah. Just be a heel and 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 piss off the crowd. Because Hulk Hogan politics and got this match, brother. I mean, that's the real reason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was stupid for Mr. Fuji to be like, we want a match now. What are you, a chicken? And then pretty much Brett does the go, like gives him permission. He's like, go get him. He's like, he's selling the salt thing the entire time. Goes in, and Hogan wins. I said, this is dumb. This is stupid. This is dumb. I fucking hate it. I actually scored this match. I gave it, even even though it was a squash, I gave it a 0 out of 10. I didn't score it, Mm because I just, I didn't really consider it a match, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's fine. You, you, You can do that, though. Um. I didn't really write that much about it, honestly. It was just, uh, I wrote what happened. And uh, I did say when Hogan came out there and he did all the shit and he won the title, the crowd loved it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to argue with that result. But we're going to see how this holds up over time. And I don't think it stays good long enough. (laughs) From what I remember. Well, if I remember correctly... There's a point where, like, oh, there's a mysterious photographer and he fucking puts a flame in Hogan's face. He shoots a fireball at him with the flash. That's like a king of the ring. Yeah, which I think that's when Yoko gets the belt back or something like that. He gets his win back, he beats Hogan, he gets the belt. It's it's all good again. I'd see, I thought this is dumb for a couple reasons. Like, one... You're undercutting Yokozuna's. He literally won the title and he just lost it like a few minutes later. That's it terrible. Ki- it kills his push. It definitely does. We've been pushing this guy and it's been effective. Like I think he got over as a main event heel. Really, mm-hmm. people buy him. They're scared. They when he bonsai drops somebody, people get worried. And oh my god, because they saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan cough up a bunch of fucking blood and shit. <laughs> and I'm 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 a person like you don't need to have a good feel moment every WrestleMania. No, like, that's a big WWF philosophy, though, is, like, that whole shit where they want to send people home happy. But then you got pay-per-views like this where, and this is this is sort of a criticism I have against the whole show, is there's six of the matches on this show, there's eight. Six of them had fuck finishes where something screwy happened and the baby face got fucked over or something. Mm-hmm. That's... Almost all of the matches on the show. <laughs> it's like they didn't know what they wanted, right? They were just—they were still unsure on what they wanted to do, even though they were at WrestleMania. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. It's like they—they they had to—they didn't want to like not put heels over or something, or not have them lose, and they had to come up with—they had to invent ways to get people out of a situation, so they created a bunch of fuck finishes. Hmm. So what did you give the whole show? Um, I mean, I think you just brought up some good points of it, it all being fucked finishes, but I thought 
because a lot of people give a shit being the worst show, uh, probably because they you know see the ending of Hulk Hogan. Wow, Hulk Hogan becoming a champ and stealing the thunder of Yoko, and then obviously the uh, Taker and Giant Gonzalez kind of, which is the low points of the matches in my opinion. Um, but overall, I think the matches were pretty decent for WrestleMania. Um, some of them have fucky finishes, but overall, the match itself were great. So, for the most part, yeah, there was a couple things that didn't belong. Like, I don't know why they did Razor and Backlund, and they had like a worse match, and then Razor tried to fucking get out of there as fast as he could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I feel like this one gets overblown. We're like, this is the worst WrestleMania. It's like, no, like the commentary was great. The whole show, honestly, mm-hmm. I thought, uh, I will say a lot of these matches don't feel like WrestleMania matches when you watch them though. True. The only one that kind of did was Brett and Yoko and then it got cut short and to- feel like something happened that caused it to end faster than it should have. Well, Tatanka and Shawn Michaels was a good first, like, you would think those two would start off any pay-per-view. You feel, yeah, it feels like a good opener, and, like, you could buy either finish. If Tatanka beat him, you would probably be okay with it. And mm-hmm. then if Shawn beat him, you feel like that's fine. So nobody's probably really going to get mad over either result. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, almost the rest of them just kind of felt like, eh. This feels like something I could probably see on Raw if they got their head out of their ass and format, formatted their show better at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, or something on Superstars, apparently. Uh, overall, it's okay. It has a unique setting, and that kind of helps set it apart slightly. The whole well, Caesar's Palace shit, I mean, say Caesar. what you will. It's kind of cool. They kind of take advantage of it a little bit. I like the microphones they have. I was like, I was just thinking, man, I'd like to buy one of those. I don't know why. I don't know how I would get one. But <laughs> I just want one of the microphones. I gave it a 5.75 out of 10. I gave it a 6.2 out of 10. Uh, I feel like we watched WrestleMania 1 and 2 and we scored them less. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, I think we did. I'm going to go back and research that. Yeah. So what do we have next? So next week, or next show, I should say, because next week we're doing a Nemesis project for the Resident Evil Village uh, episode. Yeah. Uh, WCW Saturday night, April 10th, 1993. looks like it's going to be a 41-minute show. Um, So that's going to be a shorty. And then... W- yeah, we got to find Raw, right? Is Raw on uh, Peacock? It is. Yep, they've got all of the Raws up now. Okay. I'll, so, we'll, they did fix that quickly. So, we'll watch the next Raw, which I don't remember the date. <laughs> I'll get it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get it. <laughs> yeah, so, remember to watch the next if you're following in chronological order. Um, and we'll talk about it. Boy, oh boy, we knew this was going to be a hefty show. This was a three-hour show. Um, yeah. Which is about the amount of time of, for both shows, actually. Um, well, the I, we would have ended up probably at four, I think. Yeah, we... We're going off that. Yeah, we did, you know, cut some corners and stuff, some stuff. 
uh, I do want to say real quick, normally when we finish up a month, we would do like the, oh, let's rank everybody thing. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But where we took such a long hiatus, we weren't able to do a show quickly enough. Uh, I kind of got out of the groove of everything and I can't remember everything. So we're skipping that for March. Okay. So we're going to so, go right into April. We're just going to go into April, brother, and go through there. And we also have to, well, we can't. We were going to start talking about watching ECW because this is when ECW's TV starts, but it's not on fucking Peacock right now, so you can't. Well, the the place that I have, I think, has ECW on where we're watching WCW. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) So maybe we'll look into that and then we'll we'll tell you what we're doing because I want to do other stuff as well. Just so that we're not, uh, you know, just sticking to this timeline. Um, because I love WCW. And hopefully, you know, we get to whatever next pay-per-view it is. But uh, we'll, we'll look into other content. But like I said, the Nemesis Project. We're going to be doing Resident Evil Village on next Thursday. So, you know, if you play that game, come and listen to us talk about it. Um, if you haven't and you care about the story, then just play the game and then listen to the recorded version. Uh, but if you want to catch more of some getting some color, make sure you type getting some color on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, Red. I, you know what? I don't know the other one. <laughs> the big ones are Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm out of it, everybody. We're going to end it here. And remember, get some color. <laughs>